Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ to Roll podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We got DJ D Miles. What's good? What's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. Now, we have a special guest. We met this motherfucker where in uh, in Phoenix, yes. in Arizona for the Beyond the Music retreat. Yeah. And he was like, he was the loudest motherfucker there. And the funniest, <laughs> and the funniest motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and the funniest motherfucker in there. He was the funniest motherfucker there. He had, he had a he had a he had a Mexican. You know, you, know you ever seen wedding crashes? Yeah, yeah. yeah so like when you know, like he was very Vince Vaughn, yeah. Owen Wilson. Like who is this guy? You know what? You know what stuck out to me yeah. when we were doing the questions, and we asked, "What do you keep in your DJ bag?" <laughs> His answer blew me away. What was it? <laughs> Was a it a pregnancy test or a plan B? A pregnancy test. Yeah, 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 no, see? <laughs> and a plan B. That speaks for itself. We, we, got, we got one of Atlanta's finest here. We got Black Amigo in the hey. building. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is the Black Amigo, a.k.a. the Margarita Messiah, a.k.a. Rap Game Bill Murray, a.k.a. Tequila Tio, baby. Let's go. Jesus. Wait, so <laughs> your name, Damn. your, your yes. name, Black Amigo. The Black Amigo. The you got to say Amigo. the. Cause you know it get it get real muddy. Really, it's like real the ga- quick. The game. I think real, yeah, like- <laughs> I'll get shot. Don't get me killed. I got I got work to do. Really? Yeah. Why is there another black amigo? Black amigo game. You're a future? Huh? Future. Sorry. Future. Future. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Black Amigo Gang. You ever heard about them? Nah. No, no, really, no affiliation. I'm just that's why I'm the like the Ohio State. Oh, okay. No arrogance. <laughs> so it's oh, not no. like Facebook, like the Facebook. No. Or, you know like, it you know, is, but yeah, yeah, you know. But I think Black Amigo sounds better. It does, <laughs> and that's fine. They know, but just to make sure that we're Wait, not, you know, crossing. So, so through this whole interview, I have to say the Black Amigo. No, no, I'm not that arrogant. Okay, okay. But if you want to, <laughs> okay, that's great. All right, I promise. But if I forget to say the, no problem at all. You ain't gonna get shot. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Wait, so what's going on with Black Amigo is Future's what crew? Black Amigo gang is an affiliation with Future and all of them. Why why are you calling him Future? Like if you know him. Oh, that's what you call him? If you know him? Mama named Nevadius. I call him Future. He's okay, known as Future. Future to y'all. Okay, I didn't know. Future, yeah. Future. There's yeah. some Atlanta shit going on over there. How the fuck am I gonna know futures? You, I, come on, man. Future. I never heard that before. Future, future, huh? future. Y'all never heard of future? I would have nah, never. Nah. I would have never said, "Hey, future." Yeah, your bathroom. Yeah, future. Future. That's gotta be some. Shout work. out to BK. BK is actually the owner of one of my residents out there. He's actually his tour manager, so we're cool. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, I, so, like I said, y'all this call is like future. some Atlanta like celebrity yeah, this is, shit. Right? Brought me from Atlanta, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to ingratiate myself within this. You know, let them know, like, hey, look, you want to be in? Let's get in. You okay. know what I'm saying? Ten toes in. Baby. So what came first? <laughs> Future's gang uh, crew? I don't know. I mean, we can't necessarily say gang. Though. Wait, I heard there was yeah. a thing, right? You got to say like crew. Everyone, everyone's going to be in a Rico case. Yeah. So. Yeah. Man, you, no, no. That's why it sells. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> everyone's in a fucking Rico yeah. case. You can't say gang. Y-F-M. You can't say gang. You can't say mob. Uh, Actually, yeah. I, heard, I, heard the legal, <laughs> I heard the legal thing to say now is militia. Really? Oh, yeah. really? You could say militia. That's like military, right? Kind of like a. I like think so. Untrained. I, I know. I think it's legal to untrained have a militia. Right. Yeah. Right. Like the DJs. Like if we were all at Phoenix and we decided, you know what? Fuck this shit. We're gonna take on all these GMs and owners for increased pay worldwide and like that a standard. A we'd be like the DJ militia because we'd have no training at all, <laughs> but we're about to go fuck some shit up. I don't even think that would fuck anything up. It probably wouldn't, but we would try. And that's still considered, by definition (laughs) of Webster's Dictionary, a militia. So Futures Militia is called... Okay, Futures Futures Militia is called Black Amigo. Black Amigo Gang. Black Amigo Gang. Right. All right. 
So did you call yourself, were you known as Black Amigo, the Black Amigo before that or after? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. So okay. we just got to go say from 2000. Have they approached you on some shit? No. Okay. So here's how the name. I feel like they have approached yeah. you. No, they That's haven't. Why. They haven't. They haven't. Like, they right. haven't. They haven't. And I've actually DJed after hours specifically when Casino Futures Artist was at Anchor After Hours in, in like 2015. Uh going free bands and he used to go always love what I would do when we were in there because we used to play all the EDM trap and the hip hop to trap hip hop mm. kind of mix them together back and forth Yeah, and everything was cool until a big ass brawl happened but that's a whole other story but they respected me because I was the black amigo like you know what I'm saying so it was cool but I don't know them all you know hey look again don't get me shot you know okay. people get you know a no, no. little wet behind the ear right. you know what I mean but where'd you know. get that name from uh, I'm black and Mexican oh <laughs> But you're not. You weren't born in Atlanta, right? No, you're from San Francisco. I was born in San Francisco. So you're a Bay Area baby. Yep. So how long were you in the Bay before you moved to? Atlanta? I was in the Bay Area for nine and a half years before I moved out in 1996, right before the Olympics into Atlanta. So how much? Oh, wow. So how much of the Bay did you soak up? Um, I soaked up a lot of the Bay. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the two shorts, the E40s. Right. Three times crazy, you know, shit like that. Mm. But it wasn't like, you know, like I was, I still was more so like hearing a bunch of the mainstream shit. Like that's when my Biggie, Pac, all them was out before I moved out. So when I moved out to ATL, all that shit was, all that shit was still prevalent. When I was on ATL, that's when, um, right when Pac died, right after that oh. Biggie died. So you like think 95, about- 95, 96? 96, 97. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I moved out right before the Olymp Summer Olympics in 96. So mm. I've seen Atlanta grow from literally like ultra racism to, you know, now it's like the most, one of those modern Southern cities, like the New York of the South now. Yeah. So you moved like kind of in the mid nineties to Atlanta. Yeah, right? 96. Yeah, because I remember it wasn't like Fife- I remember like Fife was one That's of That's really like um, when New York rappers started moving to Atlanta. Yeah, it was like, yeah. like Fife from A Trap Called Quest. Yeah. Uh -huh. He moved to Atlanta and we were all like, you know, he was from Queens <laughs> and every New Yorker was like, why the fuck are you moving to Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. And that's when Atlanta was like starting to pop a little yeah, bit. Yeah, And it was becoming like, I think everyone was saying like it's becoming like the the next like really like major black city that's right, about yeah. to evolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I seen it that's from the ground up. Criss Cross was popping. TLC was popping. Yeah, man. Shout out to Nabs and Rob. Donnell Jones that's that's was popping. Actually, that's what Outcast, Outcast started popping. Pop. Yeah. 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 Right. That's a great time for Atlanta. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like I said, at the time, you know, like I was a kid, but I seen, you know, that was right when Freak Nick was like kind of on his way out. Yeah. Oh, so, so you call it like the last years of Freak yeah, Nick? Yeah, when you wasn't supposed, I wasn't supposed to, but I did. Because <laughs> you so, was like 10 years old. <laughs> this motherfucker came out of the way here. Look, bro. you know, maybe I may have or may not have hit puberty by then. Who knows? <laughs> but I seen some shit. So wait, Freak Nick is like, what? That started, who started that? Luke? No. no, nah, that no, nah, that just Atlanta niggas. I'm sorry. Oh wait, wait, yeah, yeah, it was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> but he somehow got involved with that shit, right? Am I wrong? Maybe, I mean, uh, because I think we're associated because of the he, music. Yeah, yeah he was kind of the, the ambassador. Nah, he was like the soundtrack. Nah, that, that was some. You know, he's he's like a he's Miami, but and, and, Freak Nick isn't always will forever be an Atlanta thing for sure. Who, here's the thing. It, oh, you know it, what? JD blew that. Yeah, shit JD. I'm my bad. JD owes me an apology, by the way. Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree. Just Jermaine Joseph Dupree. Jermaine Joseph Dupree owes me an apology from when I was 16 years old back when at Club 1150 when he scuffed up my Tims. 
Oh wow! <laughs> was that an accident? Maybe. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them Tims were them Tims were my, my best pair of Tims I ever had. It was a private party for the Recording Academy, the uh, Naris, and he was the president of the association at the time. And my auntie, who's the vice president of the Recording Academy, and that in that division in the Atlanta sector. We all had a party or whatever. And I mind you, I was 16. I should have been there anyway. But, you know, I was cool, right? Mm. And I looked old enough because I had a mustache and goatee. So I walked in there and I was sitting back chilling. And I remember he walked through and was kind of like saying what up to everybody, like whatever. I don't know who he was with at the time. I think it was right before he got with Janet. And he came over and said what up. And he like stepped on my foot and I couldn't really see him. (laughs) And he scuffed up my Tims. And that was like my favorite pair of Tims. They were comfortable Tims. I could have ran a 40 in these bitches. (laughs) And he scuffed them up. I mean, and I couldn't uh, even get it out. It swayed in Nubuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually impressed that motherfuckers in Atlanta were wearing Tim's. Me like too. That. Yeah. yeah. I was different, yeah. as you can imagine. But yeah. <laughs> but it's I, like, what do you do? Like, is Jermaine Dupri I just want, look, all I'm saying is, I don't want to, I'm not asking <laughs> for anything, but just a simple, my bad. He never apologized. He just kept, no. Kept he just going. kept it moving. Do you know? Like, do you know Jermaine Dupree? Do you know JD? I've know people who know JD to get this okay. going. I ran into him a couple of times at Atlanta United games at Red Martini in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, how how big is how how major is JD? Like, who's the most? JD major? is like the considered like of course like the you know the puff of the South. Yeah, is in a sense. That. Is but, he like but, is he like the Stephans of Miami? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, but, but JD, everybody, everybody shuts up. I mean, I say, I mean, Babyface is right there. No, nobody think so. I mean, Babyface is there, but no, he's Bro, not. He ran, he ran LaFace records. Yeah, he, but he Le, wasn't out there like okay, that. Okay, y'all thinking LaFace. <laughs> y'all thinking LaFace. Okay, <laughs> you talking about a guy that works in the streets of Atlanta, right? right. The mean streets of ATL, uh-huh. which is not really that mean, but it is mean the if you SWAT. look on paper, right? Mm-hmm. No, not really SWAT. Buckhead, not nicer. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, those you see these record labels and we associate they're not active in the streets like that. I mean, I'm sure they did. No disrespect. I kept, let me go ahead. Preface love Babyface, love LaFace, love uh, yeah, yeah. J- LA Reed. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is Pebbles. there's people if, from where I come from coming in this game yeah. who you see out actually out there in the streets. JD is one of them. Yeah. yeah. I you mean, gotta read respect. You know what I'm saying? Baby, Bro- Babyface wasn't making Freak Nick popping. Yeah, like bro. Yeah. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Like, no. <laughs> I don't know. When, like, when I think of, like, when I think of, <laughs> like, Babyface coming to the studio and being like, man, the Freak Nick, I gotta make some music. Right, right. That's just a Freak Nick. But, like, just catalog alone, when I think of Babyface, I think of Outkast and Goody Mob. Listen. Okay, I know you're thinking. Like, of I that. feel like Jermaine Dupri don't have no, <laughs> no rap. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. No street shit. No disrespect. You're thinking wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Think, D, what are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm still on baby face. No, but no. Walking man. into LaFace Records, like everyone stop. This is an urgent meeting. <laughs> no, Y'all man. heard of the Freak Nick. <laughs> we need to start making music for the Freak Nick. No, they're not. It's really important. They're, they're Wait, isn't JD known for like R&B though? Am I tripping? No, he produces R&B, but most, have you heard any like Jermaine Dupri record before? Yeah, like like Life, to, Life in 1472? It's, not, it, it's, it's like, it's, Commercial rap, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not R and B, yeah. R and B would be one of my good friends, Brian Michael Cox, B Cox, B Cox. Yeah, he's yeah. bringing some shit. I yeah. just don't associate JD with the streets. That's all. Well, the thing, yeah. is, the thing is, JD is like kind of like right when Mary J. Blige came out and what, what Diddy did mm-hmm. with Joe to see Uptown Records. Yeah. He kind of blended hip hop and R and B. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So he gave like R and B hip hop beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. JD is kind yeah. of known for doing that. Like, right. Kind of like taking it to the next level. And, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, like, yeah. That's why he's the Diddy of the South. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he he really and and then he he actually I think did. You know they always say do the, the verses between Diddy and JD. Mm-hmm. I think they should do. One. That would be tough, but because you think Diddy had a lot of hits with a lot of artists right. yeah. that were like smashes, but those artists kind of came and went. You know, and they they you know well, for whatever reason they either did really good, and then as soon as they left J, uh, Diddy, you didn't really hear about them doing shit. Yeah. yeah. But with Jermaine Dupri, they were already established, but they had to get like a JD record. It's like when rappers said, "Oh, I got to get a Primo record." Mm-hmm. Or I got to get a Neptune's record on my album, or I got to get a, a Timberland album on my record. They got to get a JD album, a JD track on their record. I was, their always album. always wondered if One Twelve, the group, would have been different under JD instead of uh, Bad Boy. I think their sound would so. uh, It would have been very very different, but I think that what what they did. Um, I mean, and what, I know I, I like I know Slim kind of through associations. Like mm-hmm. I see these cats all the time. They all live in Atlanta, right? <clears throat> yeah, and they're 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 out in the streets, like mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Like they go out. Like they still they still sound good. Yeah, yeah. they still yeah he still sounds yeah. good. He's a little you know guy you know two next, but he's like, yeah. he still sounds great. <laughs> you know, what yeah, I'm saying? two next. Yeah, yeah, I'm just he's yeah. Not, yeah, he's not at Slim, but he's still Slim. You know what I'm saying? Slim fans. Slim is still out there though. Oh, he's doing the thing. I love Slim. Slim <laughs> I see, awesome. I see, I see, Slim awesome. Two I've next, seen him. He's two focused. Slim. Yeah, yeah, he's still out there. He's he's still focused and he's still. Nah, they're 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 doing a thing man you yeah. know what i'm saying i was yeah. gonna say what if, if a 112 would have been on the jd that would became that's what jagged edge was no? in my opinion yeah jagged edge was like the 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 the, the 112 of jd's right mm-hmm. right that was the jermaine dupree answer to diddy's 112 interesting interesting well right. so like in atlanta right i kind of want to break down atlanta because right. we want to we want to make a trip to atlanta right because uh, a lot of motherfuckers say that we don't capture we don't like, you know, we need to speak to DJs in Atlanta and like talk to motherfuckers in Atlanta and talk about the scene there because yeah. it's one of the major cities that have been a part of hip hop and Musical, R&B and right. music. And it's like, we have to acknowledge That's why that I had shit. to wear the shirt. I said, Atlanta's not just hip hop. Yeah, yeah. You know so. what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not just, I mean, I mean, well, you know, um, I guess in response- Because you seem really tapped in. Yeah. Like, yeah, at a young age, you was, you was at the Freak Nick. I want to go back to the Freak Nick. Well, I mean, you know, I, this, I didn't really start DJing until I was like 26, 27, right. or 27. But it, it sounds like you were just tapped in everywhere. Yeah, well, I was huge on music, period. Like, be honest with you, when I was growing up, I was the one that got- kind of like talk shit about because I would listen to so many different things besides what was it back in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But I grew up listening to the same things and kind of adapt adopting the sounds and like what was hot too. Like when I was in middle school, you know, I grew up in Cobb County, which is a suburb of Atlanta. And we used to listen to a lot of like Play a Fly, Pastor Troy, back in the first album, right, Pastor right, Troy, right. Three Six Mafia, uh, Project Pat. Uh, David Banner when he first came out mm-hmm. you know like a lot of southern hip hop type shit like right. that was hood shit but I was always the kind of person that I still listen to a lot of like metal like I used to listen to like Limp Bizkit, Corn, Audio Slave you know shit like that so I used to be fond of like the all the TRL shit but I got talked shit about or I got like teased about liking all the other shit like I remember back when Rough Riders albums compilations used to come out mm-hmm. I used to be the dude that used to have a homeboy of mine used to like this is when Napster and LimeWire was out yeah, I used yeah. to have him rip all the albums and I had a teacher in middle school named Mr. Floyd he used to burn all the albums I'm talking about like Tila UGK all this other shit that I would get on like a bunch of blank CDRs 
And I would take these and listen to all the new music on my CD player, burning through batteries and shit. Mm. But and, and back then, high school, I wanted to be a DJ. But then I always say, I said this uh, uh, when I was on the podcast with my boy Roche on, on Charlotte a while back. Um, I got, it was like a dream deferred DJing for me because I remember in 10th grade, there was a house party one time and I had all this different music. I listened to all different shit and I wanted to play like the exhibits. I wanted to play the the licks. I wanted to pay, play like a bunch of shit from the icons, Trick Daddy, whatever, but they didn't want to hear that. They wanted to hear just the same old play a fly and pastor Troy. Yeah. And I remember I got shit talked about me so bad. It discouraged me. And then I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this DJ and shit. Cause I don't think that's for me. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't pick this shit back up for 10 years until after I graduated college and EDM was what got me back into it. But then I realized I was like, it's not just EDM that inspires me and I could do it, especially in Atlanta being a hip hop town at the time, yeah. trying to get work and trying to work and trying to make a name for myself. So I grew up on hip hop, but I love to get me DJing was through EDM. So it was like everything just started kind of coming together from Southern hip hop, New York, West Coast hip hop. But I got into DJing because of EDM and house and everything. And so it just kind of all collectively came together for me eventually. And then finally, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to take off. I think it's, I've never heard someone get discouraged and like not, oh, not I did. go through man, it with Man, 16, man, you know why? Because it was this one chick, she was really cute. She had huge ass titties. And I was like, <laughs> I wanted to get with her so bad. And she was like, nigga, you suck. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> so then. I cried. So then for 10, what were you doing in the scene for 10 years? Man, I was trying to, I was in school, party promoting with the Untouchables. Shout out to Tess, Shadow, all them. So you doing uh, parties and stuff? I was throwing, I was the door guy at parties. Mm. I was the door guy at parties. You're, so like, I, the, you're like the best door guy ever. I, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. But I was, but I didn't know. That I just I'm, was, no, I'm, you know, I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming you'd be the perfect uh, guy well, to be a, um, at the door. L- one of Little John's DJs, DJ Era, was actually a DJ, um, and we had we had a group back in the day in Georgia State uh, called the Untouchables. And the Untouchables, well, we had Club Miami. I don't know if you ever heard about that back in the day. We used to get every weekend. We used to get Lil what year Wayne, is this? What year is this? 2006, 2010, like that uh, Travis Porter yeah. area era, uh-huh. era. Yeah, yeah. So we would have Jeezy. We would have every week. We'd have to have Jeezy. Um, Titty Boy. I mean, that's a great time for Atlanta. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. it was. It was. We didn't really know what we had when we had it. It was so epic, and we would stay up until six. Yeah, you didn't realize that must have been an epic like, fucking man. The, the Laffy Taffy era, the, the Snap the era, snap, yeah. the Snap era. Fran- I mean, you franchise know, boys, all the fran- yeah. man. Man, it, it was. YT. We didn't really know what we had when we had it, and but that I Jeezy mean, and Gucci shit. Yes, yeah, just nonstop. Yeah. yeah. But 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 honestly, like I'm being real with you, like the Jeezy Gucci era didn't really hit until I got to college. So I graduated 2005. That's when it really popped off because we knew about the Snowman mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, but when Thug Motivation came out, I was I want to say I was already graduated by then from high school, and I took a year off before I went, uh, tried to go to Auburn and South Carolina, and that didn't work out trying to play football. But I ended up going to Georgia State, just kind of like you know what? I got to be in school. I'm gonna be left behind. I won't be that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, social peer pressure, I mean, and I was like, "What was the first record to cross over from like Atlanta, like from that period, from that era?" I think it was Laffy Taffy. <sighs> I want to, say, yeah, Laffy Taffy. Because I, re- yeah, I remember being in New York uh-huh. in mm-hmm. two thousand five. I think 
and I would try to fit that record into the set. Right. But there was nothing else in that BPM. Right, right. You think at that 78, you, at 75, you 78, 74, right? Yeah. You don't think nothing, nothing in the early TI stuff, like Rubber Band Man? It, that could. No, like that Lil John has some joints with the Stab Finger and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you couldn't really play all like they, it was very limited, man. Yeah, but like yeah. it was like maybe like a handful of four to five records, maybe you could throw out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you couldn't play Little John in every room mm-hmm. in New York at the time. I remember that. Nah, you can't. And I mean, trust me, I've tried and failed miserably. Yeah, because like I, like imagine me playing B I in New York City in PM. They would be like, it you serious? It wouldn't because really I remember Funkmaster Fletch used to play that shit. On yeah, the but that's it. That's a that's hip hop radio, like uh-huh. on an open format. It wasn't uh, okay. like in I a see. room. It, like it, that. It, you, know, uh-huh. he, you know what happened? Ti Ti's his greatest work was his first two albums. That I'm serious album in uh, trap music. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he didn't really get really recognized until um, Bring Him Out came out. Mm. But we yeah. all in Atlanta. Here's the thing: Atlanta was on his own vibe. It always has been, as you can probably yeah. assume, but it was on its own vibe back then when I'm serious and trap music, came, especially yeah. trap music, the song, mm-hmm. like that, them pianos was hitting. Man, please. That bass like, line. We, that bass yeah. line. Oh, God. Because <laughs> I think in I'm New York. just it, doing my job. That song? <laughs> what? Well, we went, we would play that for football games to get hyped in high school. Oh, but yeah, like, yeah. but 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 he didn't really, he didn't have that new. They, they didn't start calling him like the possible Jay Z of the South until Bring Him Out came out. No, because I had a homeboy that played. Um, no, not played. He uh, went to uh, he went to Morehouse. Yeah, and when he would come yeah. back to L.A. in the summer, he would mm-hmm. like, bro. This this song called White Tea. White Tea, yeah, yeah, it's going yeah. crazy right yep. now. Yep, I remember yeah. it was that franchise boys, franchise right? And then the, the yep. remix with J.E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but but Black Tea was also the a one hit with too. Gucci, right? Yeah, yeah. Black, Black, uh, Black Tea was also another one too. Yeah, yeah, that was the response to that White Tea. That was that whole era, right? Because I think yeah. uh, I slang in my white tea. I slang in my white. Because we all also playing. I think one of the first mm-hmm. records we were playing from the South was also. Uh, what about Yee and Twins? Uh, Wait, the Whisper song. I, I mean, remember that was later. I'm gonna tell you about that whisper song. Memory for me, core memory was I was at Cascade Skate Rink and I saw this girl with a fat old ass and some like gray gray sweatpants, and she was twerking and the shit fell down and she had no drawers on. And that was just a, somewhat of a core memory for me about like how dope that song was. It just they didn't give a shit. It just as soon as it comes on, they just lose all sense yeah, of but, like. But wait was like way after a bunch of shit. Like yeah. that was like their fourth single that hit. Like yeah, yeah. Saw Shaker. Uh, no, I'm low, talking like early. I'm talking early. Like when Little Flip was the shit. That was oh, like oh yeah. When like Game, Game Over. over? Yeah. Oh, when, Game when, Over was a hit. So then it was. I yeah. remember it was Game Over, and then it was Rubber Band Man because it was like oh shit. Now we can play these. We can yeah. play these two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, remember that shit, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then that was like the only two records, and then all this other shit started popping out from like Mike Jones and all this other yeah. shit. Yeah, that's tough. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was like David Banner. David Banner, yeah. all that shit started slowly coming in. Started low. This yep. is what we started feeling like in, in New York. I yeah. Think. It was just slowly starting to hit. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was maybe, <clears throat> fuck, man, just Juvie, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah, Juvie. Yeah. Like, like Master P Cash kind of Money Clay now. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. all Juvie. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. BG. Before that, though, there was definitely no limit records, though. Oh, yeah. No limit was hard. Like when I was in middle school, like I'm talking about like 98, yeah. 2001. So what, yeah, because what was you playing from No Limit though? Like it ain't my fault. Make him say uh. Make him say uh. That wasn't even. Make him say uh was like the was like was the jam. That was like playing. That was I don't even know if that was really playing. That was York. playing. Yeah. Was I was it? playing heavy in Atlanta. No no no, no 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 no. Um, not the make him say uh. 
It ain't my no, fault. It was, no, no, it was. Bowed about it. Bowed about it was kind of getting bowed played. About it. I on mean, the radio. actually, make them say, "Oh, it was playing being played in New York." It was right. Time. It was. It yeah. was. Well, mm-hmm. bowed about it got big after Dipset got in. They did the remix part three. Or no, no, no. I was still, still like it was still one of those weird records that they would drop in New York on Hot ninety seven. Uh huh. Yeah. But everyone would be like, "Yo, what is this shit?" <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the South just never really like we appreciated where I was from. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like I got older and you step out in different when I started doing what I was doing as obviously DJing. You step out in other markets later on towards the later two thousand. I mean like two thousand tens. Yeah. And I started to really realize I was like, oh, we grew up with like thinking this was the shit, and people didn't realize how much impact this made on us as Southerners. Mm-hmm. But I feel you know like wasn't it just regular shit, or did you guys feel like all these records are really blowing up and it was surprising? Was it surprising for y'all that this shit was blowing up? Nah, bro, not, not really. I yeah. mean, because because it, it came from it was like it, it was, was regular folk, shit. It was, it was like it's like all right, you know, if you go to New York, you know, you know, you already know you're gonna get you a chopped cheese. That's like a home, right? That's the home comfort item. It's just meal. regular shit, I mean, right? Yeah. To you, yeah. but for us, it was trap rappers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. that's why we just we got we got so accustomed to that back then at that time. Just you know, and then like I said, for me, I loved it all. But I was also when I go home, I'm still listening to all the TRL hits. You know what I'm saying? So then, eventually, you know, like I said, I get to you know 2006, 2010, I start really kind of start getting into more like the popular dance music type. Shit. I already did love all the old shit from like you know Robin S and from like. Um, What's that guy? I can't even think of the name. Uh, Real McCoy, like all those dance, all those old dance records and shit like that. But once that started, I started really getting into those, started embracing it. And there's no like peer pressure to, oh, you listen to that gay boy music. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, it just all started to come together once you know about 2010, 2011. Then it was a matter of just like, do I want to make a decision to try to like and pursue this? Because mm. at the time, I was just acting, doing, getting a degree in criminal justice. And, you know, just like I said, doing party promotions, throwing parties for hip hop parties on the weekend, uh, working the door guy. Like I was just I was just known as Gomez, the door guy. But, you know, (laughs) Gomez, the door guy. guy. But I was always the gatekeeper, all that. And it was like, you know, people try to get cool with you just because that. But that's all I was at the time. Um, But I always just kind of still had in the back of my mind until finally I got the confidence again from that 10th grade experience to say, you know what? That was not don't let that hold you back. From just pursuing what your heart telling you to do, and then straight that, up. That sounds like that sounds really rehearsed. Like you've been practicing. No, that's that just shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what it was. I, like, like people think I'm crazy. I'm like, no, that's just what happened. Like I know, I, I know. like shit. So like, that's quite a buy. I like it. The the narrative, yeah, the way he just you know shifted it. Yeah, that was a yeah. great segue. <laughs> his life story. Wait, was there a lot of uh, was there a big dancing in 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 the um event? was or is. I don't know. There was, uh, I would say, there is still a dance scene. It's it's kind of gone through a, a trough right now. Because if there's a, if I mean, assuming if there's a dance scene, there's a big yeah. gay scene. There's a big gay club scene. Oh, man, please, right? man. It's, it's, it's heavy, but they just don't talk about it because Atlanta's black, gay, not gay. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, I hear. I that's hear, no knock or disrespect when I say no, that. No, no. But it's black, gay, not mo- more than just gay. Right? Okay. 
I'm yeah. not gay, but you know, obviously, yeah. you know, I, I'm very fluent. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, but I can say I can. I, I bet you I can get anybody to agree with that. It's well, more I'm curious. Like, I I never hear about a dance scene out there. It's no, like there is. There there definitely is, and that's why I say that's why I wear this shirt. Say Atlanta ain't just hip hop, right? Like there's a lat, strong Latin scene, right? Strong. I've dance heard things scene. about the Latin. Scene. Yeah, the Latin. yeah. There's a strong. There's a very strong Latin scene. I and heard no one gets along in the Latin scene. That's not necessarily. I heard true. like they all kind of beef. No, that's what I heard. I don't think they beef. What it is is that it's so, Atlanta's so spread out. Uh, like maybe this, they're territorial. Geographically, it's spread out. Uh huh. And there's 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 a, it's almost like saying there's Gwinnett Latinos and then there's like Buckhead Latinos and then there's everybody else. Gwinnett. Well, what's the difference between Gwinnett? And Gwinnett Buckhead? County is like it's you go one, towards yeah. you know you know Migos from Gwinnett. Okay. So you know what I'm saying I didn't know that but They're from that. Gwinnett Okay Right So they're not from They're not from Atlanta But they're From Atlanta Does it make sense Because it's mm-hmm. part of the Metropolitan Atlanta area Yeah But you go to like Gwinnett Let's say you go to They have like lounges Like you go up Like in Duluth There's a bunch of Asians So they have like a bunch Of those karaoke lounges And shit And they still be doing Bottle service But the bottles be like $125 or something like that right. And the people just be buying Like you can You can basically like spend low and live it high in those lounges, but you never hear about them because they're in suburb areas. Same thing happens when you go to the Mex, you know, the uh, Latino areas where there'd be like a bunch of hardcore Mexicans hanging in one spot, hardcore Dominicans in one spot, but they all kind of come together, especially with the emergence of Latin music kind of yeah, yeah. just exploding where it is now. Yeah. yeah. So there's not so much like diversity in it. It's more of assimilation amongst all the Latino groups. Yeah. They so, just all, they gather right, together. Right. But then you so get. So there's Dominicans in Atlanta? Man, Dominicans, really? Venezuelans, Costa Ricans. Well, what's, who's Ricans. the dominant like Mexicans? Mexicans? Ne- I mean, it depends on where you go. You go Buford, really? you can see a bunch of Mexicans. They got a lot of Colombians. Mm. They got a lot of, I mean, there's, the Latinos are just everywhere. They got new spots that are building in these other suburb areas. I didn't know that. Yeah. Two, two level, two story, 5,000 square foot venues yeah. that are going on out there that are really popping off. And they sell out and get like, they, they really come together. And a lot of Asians, the, the Asian communities, they're not even all like, you know, usually there's there's like Mongs or Vietnamese or Japanese or Koreans. Yeah. But they all, you're just Asian, you're one of us. So they all come together and then they be turning up to like the Jeezys and the Moneybag Yo's and they be buying up the Hennessy nonstop from the tap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they be doing it at the karaoke lounges until they felt like, you know what, it's somebody's big birthday, we got to celebrate. So then we're going to go to Atlanta, go turn up and go buy bottles there. Mm-hmm. But they stick together. You know what I'm saying? And they'll go see like, any other Asian DJ that does like like my boy J Envy, who's the Falcons DJ, or was Falcons DJ, uh, Weapons or Baby U, mm-hmm. you know yeah. Baby U was DJ Amigos DJ, right. so they go support all the time. They 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 stick together really tight, but everybody does get along. They, I don't I don't really see this. We don't get along shit. That's a that's a fallacy. Oh, that's what I heard. That's yeah. a fallacy. Yeah, I'm here to tell you it's a fallacy. Okay, okay. Now they all stick together. Like I, I said, heard you know you kind of know where they go to <laughs> on. Oh, it's Friday. Oh, we know we're gonna see him in Tucker Groove. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you already know what's up. No, I heard like I heard there's a little like you know competition beef. Like, you know, I mean, you know but at the end of the day, it's Atlanta versus everybody else too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's how they they ain't gonna talk about it. I mean, that's the only way it works, right? But but that's the thing is like you know, I know y'all probably hear it this way, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, it's just it's not like people think. It's not also 
is like all the good things people think too. But you know, we ain't trying to be negative here. We're trying to be positive. Yeah. No, no. And try to go ahead and just you know give Atlanta another. I feel like Atlanta is always the motherfuckers who are like willing to work with each other. If anything, like I mean, yeah, even, with, not, even yeah. with the music or anything. Um, for the most part, I mean, there's egos. There's still of people course. that you know on some dumb shit. Wait, but I, I want to hear more about this dance scene. Uh-huh. Was there a dance scene in the '90s or 2000s? Not really. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know because again, you weren't remember, exposed. I to wasn't. It. I was. I wasn't really exposed to that at the time. So, what what dance scene did you see emerge from? What What did you witness? Remember, the EDM shit. Remember uh, back when Neo started doing a lot of that house shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when I started noticing it started to kind of leak over into the crowd, but it was very, very slow. Right. For me, at least. Again, I was at Georgia State. Two thousand, like I said, two thousand. This is when Lil Wayne would took over music, right? You know what I'm saying. So we, I was a huge Lil Wayne fan because I was like, you know, I was a believer in Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. I started seeing, you know, things kind of like end up where. What year was that? Do you think? Because I two thousand and when Wayne took over, oh five, oh six, to like, yeah, yeah, okay, oh nine. I remember yeah, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, something like that. I think I remember going to. I remember I DJ at opera. Opera, yeah, that's called yeah, domain now. What's yeah, it called? At, domain. Domain. Yeah, I'm there now. I'm, I'm one of the uh, guys over there now too. Yeah. yeah, and they would they would flip flop. They would be like, uh, like more EDM. They'd be like heavy EDM. Yeah, when I, when yeah. I got there, and then they'd be like, no, a little bit more hip hop. Yeah, now. And yeah, yeah. I went through. I went through that went through at uh, at Gold Room. Gold Room. Oh yeah. man, it man, would be like man. one time it would be heavy EDM, and then one night it might be like during right, football right, season, right, right, whatever. And it'd be like different promoters, but the same old like yeah. AG and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like Atlanta has a lot more that people don't know about that pops off, but they just don't hear about it because they hear about the futures, the Migos, the um, you know, even if you're low and local, you hear about Pastor Troy's. The JDs, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they, they hear about these artists that always either go another market, like, like Lil Uzi Vert from Philly, but then largely is associated with Atlanta because he got with DJ Drama, who also is not from Atlanta, but is an Atlanta DJ, yeah. technically, per se. Yeah, yeah. And it's based out of that. So people come there to get refined. So their sound, to get their sound, their brand, their, their image refined with Atlanta's culture mm-hmm. from where they went to and then they take it somewhere else. That's why they say Atlanta influences everything. No, it's true. Because it's like they go to school like they do like they did over at Morehouse. Yeah. They go to school from LA, DC, Minnesota, Seattle. We go to the Spellhouse Morehouse, Spell Spellman Morehouse. Mm-hmm. They go over there, get their education, but then also they adopt the culture as well. Right. And then they're reformed by that and they take Atlanta with them to other places. And it's so impactful and strong that Atlanta influences everything. Mm. Now, we had, you don't know if you know DJ Charisma, but we had her on and she said one of the best things YG ever did was move to Atlanta. Yeah. And I didn't even know he was in Atlanta. That's yeah. crazy. But that's like I when never my, knew like, that. Uh, my hitter came out. Like right, those right. records were heavy. And that's, and that's on an it. Atlanta type of record. Exactly. I never even knew he was there. Mm-hmm. And I've largely kept my ears. Yeah, why are you always hating? Like them records. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying like I didn't there. even know he was there. Yeah. But then also I see people that, like I didn't like when I met Payne. Like I didn't know he was living in Atlanta. T Pain, yeah, yeah, yeah. T Pain. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just letting our audience know. the name. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> sorry. No, it's Fuch. not you. It's I'm just letting the legend them know. is Future, Future, Pain, T Pain. Yeah. You know what so I'm saying? Wait, so you met T Pain, and you 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 are you're on this podcast, right? I was on this podcast. The nappy, the I got fired. Dunk. You got fired. I don't know. You have to ask him. 
The Nappy Dugout. Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. Nappy I think Boy I got Radio? fired. Yeah, it's oh, all it's good. Okay. It's all good. I love it. We're, we're you cool. got fired? I think so. You have to ask <laughs> Wait, him. He doesn't even know. I don't even know. It's, you know, just being honest. I love him. I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> One day I just like, hey, look, stop getting calls. I was like, hey, what happened, man? You know, like, we're, we're good, right? Yeah, I want you to come on the tour. All right, cool. Great. You, you and T-Pain kind of talk alike a little bit. People say that. Yeah. yeah. It's, that sl- it's that slang. Like I can't. And we are not. We we just. You know, if you let him tell it, he would tell you that. Oh, oh. By the way, you want to know how we met? Yeah, we met at a spot <laughs> called Hangovers in Buckhead, Atlanta. Uh, and Hangover. It was on a Tuesday night, and I had a residency over there where upstairs was open format, and then bottom was nothing but house music, like basement, underground, like mm-hmm. you know, hard, like bass house, techno, shit like that. One of my partners who I came up with, you're going to hear about him real soon, named Vatillas. He has a movement called Parillo 404. Um, he already done sold out theaters with the Latino movement. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Parillo, Parillo, uh, Parillo Power movement. Um, me and him were doing a back-to-back set. And every time we got together, we just it always used to pack it out because people support us locally all the time. Mm. So this was back in 2017. And uh, I remember we was just you know rocking or whatever. And then all of a sudden, they move a section. And we were like, what the fuck's going on? And then they was like, oh, we got a major celebrity coming through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. So we're just DJing nothing but straight house music, like just going in. And then all of a sudden we see Payne come through. And I'm like, wait, is that T-Pain? I was like, like I'm sprung T-Pain? I was like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. Like, why is he here listening to all this like underground house music, right? Yeah. And he was listening. And then I remember I got on and then he, we were swapping back like every like 15 minutes. Just really getting, it was super packed, hot, crazy. And then he was watching us DJ. And when I hopped on, he was like, bro, like you killed, like I've never heard nobody do nothing like that. So he's like, yo, take my number. Let me get some of these remixes. I like what you do. You sound a cool dude. I was like, yeah, no problem. Now I'm thinking, okay. What year, what year was this? 2017. 17. 2017. A pretty recent then. Summer huh? of 2017. Wow. Yeah. And um, I just remember, like I gave him my number. I was like, all right, cool. And I sent him the remixes he asked for because we actually had, me and Vatilla's actually worked on a trap remix from uh, both by Gucci and Drake. Mm-hmm. And I happened to just throw it in there. And it just was crazy because it was like, I was like, like this is T-Pain. Like, I remember like, you know, trying to go ahead and finger bang chicks to this damn I'm Sprung in 2005. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, what the fuck? Like, oh, okay. Like, that's just like, oh, okay. That was, he wants my number? I was like, all right. And I didn't think nothing because I've, I've gotten celebrities, you know, info. They'll hit back. Hit me back next day. Hey, bro, what's up with the remixes? And I was like, all right, yeah, I got you. No problem. Boom, send it to him. All right, cool. And we just was sending memes back and forth. It wasn't even on no like, Aww. you know. Was, it, was, it wasn't even on the like, hey. You got sprung pretty quick. <laughs> May, no, but sure. Let's go with that. Um, nah, but we was cool. Like, honestly, I didn't really hear from him like on no like, like it was just random shit. And then like, it was like a year or something later. He, or matter of fact, actually uh, 2018 his round. He says, Hey, I'm going to give you my new number. I was like, all right, bet. I'm going to give it to you in five minutes. I said, all right, bet. It took him five months to hit me back. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, he's like, hey, amigo. I was like, who is this? He's like, it's Payne. I said, Payne who? And he's like, oh, t I was like, oh, what? where the fuck you been, dude? Like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, man, my bad, man. You know, I changed my number. Shit happened. You know, I don't know. It just, you know, shit got carried away. But, hey, uh, what's good with you? I was like, I mean, you tell me. You've been gone for five months. You said going to give me in five minutes. After that, I remember I went to a uh, like two few weeks later. I met a, a fashion show, and he's at a strip club. And I checked in on his IG live, just saying, "Hey, what up?" 
And he was like, amigo, pull up. And then after that, I just pulled up and then we just kind of became like hangout buddies and was, you know, hanging out since then. Wow. Yeah. Man. And then it was just that before. And this is before got to like the tour and, you know, working on the podcast. We were just homies, just, you know, chilling. He was just cool peoples. Damn, and he, when did he ask you to come on his podcast, or did he start with? He you was or? drunk as shit, and he he, he was he was drunk as shit uh-huh. right before he did his one up tour in 2019, and I never forget. He tried to get my attention, and I don't know what I was doing. I think I was looking at some girl's ass or something like that. As I was walking by in the crowd or something like that, and he smacked me in the face like like this. I was like, dude, what the fuck? I'm gonna smack him back, and he was like, listen, <laughs> we gotta shoot this podcast, and he was drunk. He's like, um. We're gonna call it the face ass podcast. And I was like, Yeah, okay, sure. He sobers up, he calls me back. Hey, don't forget, we gotta shoot the face ass podcast. We gotta come up with a different name for it. And I was like, Oh, he's really for real about this. And then we just started saying, Hey, let's try to go work on it. So it took time. We ended up finally getting together at the original original cast he had was um Foxy, who was his assistant at the time, mm-hmm. um, she was the other, you know, kind of like the female balance. He brought me in, and in the first episode we finally got to shoot in the summer of 2019 was uh, with Hannibal Burris. And oh, then we wow. were just, we shot it at that point, and then it just took, he was trying to find a time to like make it streamlined. So we didn't really shoot, we didn't really shoot that often, but what we did shoot, and he posted it up on the initial episodes. He posted the first ever episode. We didn't. He didn't really know what to do, what we're doing at the time. We didn't really have it kind of down packed. But it, it wasn't was the first like time. scheduled or like structured. Nah, right? it was yeah. just really just like on the yeah. just you know kind of spur of the moment type right, of shit. Right. But I mean, we we it was obviously a ton of fun. We were having a good time, you know, talking shit. Right, Hannibal, and because he, he always said that he wanted to make sure that. We always have these weird, crazy conversations and with cool ass people and cool ass artists and friends. But we need to record these. And he just said that's what he wants to do. And so he's always he's friends with a lot of different people from different industry level, you know, different types of industries. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean we but just both you guys are both like very charismatic. Thank and you. And then you're very like uh you're not very confrontational. You guys are very like mellow. Not welcoming. very confrontational so, at all. But that's what's similar about you guys. So if yeah. someone's flipping the fuck out, you guys will. You guys have. I'll be like, energy. hey man, yeah, yeah. I figured I ain't got time for this shit, yeah. man. You know what I'm you saying? Guys, <laughs> well, you guys got the same kind of like, uh, like smiling and be like, I don't know what y'all talking. I don't know why you flipping well, out kind I, of shit. I you think know? that's why people. I think that's why we do get along. But yeah. you know, I, I know I get on his nerves time. Yeah, yeah. Well, Absolutely. He, well, he, why did he fire you though? I don't know. You gotta ask him whenever he comes on here. <laughs> no, I, I say that in the laugh. Funny way, but um, honestly, there was a couple like it was a lot of scheduling stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Because again, you know, as a, as a DJ, you gotta. I busted my ass to try to build a lot of relationships and build the brand and name that I had in Atlanta. Yeah, and there was a lot of times we would record just artists come because it was trying to get out the ground. It wasn't as much structure as it is now. Yeah, and you know, and, I, and again, I, I say this out of full love and respect for where I came from it and everything, but just, but just like. There was a lot of times where it was like, it's the day of, we got to come in. And I'm like, hey, I, I can't find coverage to cover this gig to make sure I'm over there. And of course, you know, I don't, you know, still had bills to pay. And so it'd be like Saturday night at midnight. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Saturday nights, mostly yeah. when it happened. But then finally around the time that it, you know, we would try, I was like, I can't, you know, it's, it's hard to just shoot those relationships down. Yeah. I don't have no, you know, like I'm, I'm DJing full time. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm making a great living for myself doing it. But if I ruin that, then I'm like, having to repair relationships I spent years trying to build up. Mm-hmm. 
And that's just if as open as DJs working in every level. You, you mean everybody in here has done rooms I aspire to be into. Y'all know that can like really cut you know take the rug up under you. Mm-hmm. And you know I did talk to him a couple times, but it was like, hey, look, I'm here to be. You asked me to at its infancy when you created this thing to be a part of it. But it just got to a point where I think he just had to make a decision to see by who can be more available. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just happened. So it's not like a bad, you know, thing. Like, honestly, like, I want to start my own podcast. You know, I was going to save that for oh, more shit. of like a shout out thing. And he's definitely down to support me and be on it and, you know, shit like that. So it's all, like I said, he's my homie, man. We're, we're friends and we're good. It's yeah. just one of those things where I would have loved to be back on it. But just the timing of it, he had to kind of make a move for what he thought was in the best interest of his podcast. Just because, you know, he signed that deal. I guess he had a deal with Podcast One or to, to put out the content. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when it's like, hey, we got to worry about if you're going to be able to make it or not because we're going to spur the moment. But then after that happened, it was more like it was more structured. But at that point, he already kind of made the decision to go forward with it. Right, right. So right. it just happened. You know, shit just happened. But at the same time, I still went on tour with him. I still, we still. I was going to ask you, do you tour, do you tour with him regularly? Uh, not necessarily. Actually, to tell you the truth, I got asked by his artist, uh, Young Cash, to go on a tour. He didn't ask oh. me. Mason Dane was an artist out of Australia, uh, rapper. Love him to death, man. Uh, he was supposed to be on tour, but he didn't get his visa approved on time to go on tour. Hmm. So there was an empty space that was filled. I wasn't going to go on that tour. I was just like, okay, they're moving without me, whatever. But Young Cash. You know what I'm saying? Who's his artist and VP? We end up meeting at a pool party in April, uh, right? Like maybe a, you know three weeks before the tour went off, and he said, "Yo, um, are you available for the tour?" I was like, "I can be." You know what I mean? Like that'll be a once in a lifetime experience. Like why not? And he said, "Okay, I think I want you to be my DJ on the tour." <laughs> I was like. Okay, let me make let me make, <laughs> let me make my arrangements. Let me go ahead and get my fares in order. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I just did that and was like, all right, let me get the approval. It took about a week. I was like, okay, they really about to do this, whatever. And then I finally got the call. I was like, yeah, next week we leave for San Francisco. We start. Let's go. I was like, all right, let's go. So that's just how that happened. Yeah, because I was I was talking with Nev and we were wondering if you were like his his regular tour DJ or no, just his, went on his a show DJ tours. is DJ Monte, the legend okay. himself. Yeah. Um, like I said, because he saw me, he met me DJing a certain way. He actually yeah. wanted me, we actually in talks and we still probably talking about doing it. We wanted to kind of start more of like a DJ agency, oh. but we build off of the relationships he's built. But it's also just taking more like logistics wise and how we can have that communication. Cause he, if you haven't noticed his brand, he has nappy boy gaming, nappy boy automotive, nappy boy music nappy boy he's, he's, he ventures into different things yeah with nappy he's boy in a brand. lot of shit but his brand is nappy boy version of whatever right he because he has a love for djing so i was gonna like, say like that, he was djing for a while right yeah like, he was he, he was did, coming to vegas wasn't yeah he, he did a light he was doing light yeah, he was doing light yeah, yeah. yeah he was definitely doing light was he djing for himself he did both he dj once well one time i was there he dj and other times he performed right not actually dj I played the music for him the times he performed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah, I went yeah. one time expecting him to perform and he was DJing and I was like, oh, he's doing a DJ set. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, yeah, he DJ sometime. Yeah. He's was, that, was that around the time when like all the producers were like DJing? Yeah, like Wiz was doing Tao. He was going on, what was it, DJ uh, Daddy Cat or something like that? Why, wait, something so like that. It was, Snoop was DJing. Yeah, Shaq. Snoop, Metro <laughs> Boomer. Southside. Yeah. Southside yeah. was DJing. Mustard. Yeah. Like, Mustard all these guys, yeah. yeah. Everyone was Yeah, and they DJing. came from like Paris Hilton. I saw, didn't Mariah Carey have a DJ set? 
Oh, I don't know, but it know Paris Hilton definitely did actually. Oh yeah, like, we, we know that one. Yeah. But I wonder what started that wave of like these rappers having to DJ like Paris Hilton. No, no, no. I don't know. I, I'm wondering if it was because Vegas couldn't book a hip hop act, so that, that was their way in. Like, because the Vegas, the thing is, like, it was very anti hip hop for a while. Okay, so they couldn't have hip hop acts on the strip. So mm-hmm. if they're like, we can't have this motherfucker perform, he could DJ. You know yeah, who's the right. first artist? Yeah, Kid Rock. Yeah, and he can actually DJ though. Yeah. No, nah, but that's different. That was like well, this, I mean, that, I mean, that was the beginning of the artist. Like, yeah, yeah, DJing. the artist become so yeah, being a, being the being the DJ for that. Yeah, but that was like that was like a separate thing because then all these guys from like uh, what it was called. Uh, yeah, the dude from Good Charlotte was DJing. Yeah, like it was, the guy yeah. from Good Charlotte was DJing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the other fucking emo punk bands from that era? <laughs> Fuck. Good Charlotte? No, 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 not Good Charlotte. Uh, Who's the guy that was married? Who was married to Ashley Simpson for a minute? Ashley Simpson. Oh, um, Pete Wentz. Pete Wentz. Yeah. Pete Wentz. Well, what's yeah. the group? Fall, fa- Fall, Fall Out, Out Boy. Boy. Fall Out Boy. Yeah, yeah. So like Fall Out Boy would be yeah. over there, mm-hmm. but that was a completely different era. Yeah. I'm talking about when hip hop started coming back. Like in the, are you talking about like 2015? Yeah, yeah. They, would, they were like they weren't booking the live acts. They were booking. I feel like, like I, so we, I would say Mustard was like the first, but he was a DJ. Mustard was a DJ. Yeah. Then all all of these rappers started coming out DJing. Yeah. Yeah. But they like I was wondering why why are they coming out as DJing and I'm is because they couldn't book them as live acts at the time maybe I, I don't so. know. The first mm-hmm. I remember was really like Snoop Wiz. Snoop and Wiz. Yeah. And then by 2008, when were they having like YG and fucking... Uh, YG was way later than that, Kirk. Yeah, but that was late, much later, right? Yeah. yeah so YG, I feel like yeah. they had to... 2010. Yeah, so it definitely was because they couldn't have a live hip-hop yeah. act and they had to have like a hip-hop D, like, DJ... Like a presence. Yeah, okay. like a DJ yeah. was okay, but a live act was not yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that's what started though. I shit. think so. And that was way before like that whole artist performance at a club type of shit. It was always just DJing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So. And then, then, then one oak started having like YG yeah. and like Two fucking, yeah. yeah. And the panda dude, what's his name? Designer. Designer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> started coming out. OT Genesis started OT, coming out. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I remember that. I met him at uh, Wisconsin Fest. He's a, he's a cool dude. I like, I like OG, OT. OT yeah, Genesis? OT, yeah. OT, yeah, he's pretty cool. Okay, I remember when he dropped, there was like this. Where, where, is he from LA? Is he from New York? Yeah. Is he from Brooklyn? Is he from I, Miami? I don't know, but. Yeah, he's from LA. We, we, yeah. we loved Coco. Yeah, <laughs> Coco was good. The the thing is, sounded like it was something from the south. It, it, yeah. man, I'm telling you, Atlanta influences everything, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Hey, look, y'all go, y'all go get enough. Not listen to me. <laughs> I'm telling y'all. What, what's the difference? So, like, you're do you consider yourself an open format DJ? Or? Yeah, you know, I fought it for a while. Only, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I fought that idea because eventually I wanted to be like EDM and house. Uh-huh. That's what I. That's why. That's what. What do me. you like about EDM? What? I love. I was a house music dude all yeah. day. I've been. I've been. I'm still am. But. Wow. I think that that's what got me wanting to DJ, to learn how to DJ. Mm-hmm. The the energy of the raw energy of dance crowds. Um, right. You rage when you DJ. I've seen your videos and shit like that. Yeah. You're like jumping up and down. Oh no, and I, 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 I'm with you because I was the because I was the fan. That's what inspired like Swedish House Mafia yeah. when they was on the way out of the first time before they got you know that that 2012 era. Mm-hmm. That's what got me inspired to want to do this shit. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Even like, even though I know they were doing like that lane, you didn't know. I didn't know then, but that's what initially got me started to want to learn how to DJ. And I eventually, you know, started trying to DJ like house and everything. But I was like, I start also learning. Most of these cats are producing, not just DJing. Mm-hmm. And then it was just this kind of like this happening where it was like, 
okay, you still got to know what to do to deliver it, but they're creating the messages and delivering it. You're just kind of taking the messages and delivering them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how I looked at it. But I felt like I was really more good at delivering the messages and creating the message at the time. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of was realizing again, I'm in Atlanta. You find the scenes that are there, but they're all those scenes are real segregated. Like it's like the big popular eating like they go with what's popular. The big EDM back in 2012, 2013. Yeah. They're, you know, that, that, but this is before chain. I remember seeing chain smokers when they were at like Tongue and Groove. And now they're like, you can't even get them anywhere outside of a stadium. Damn, Tongue and Groove is a spot too. It still is. They still open. Still, right? Yeah, it's still yeah. 20 something years in the game. 26 years yeah. in the game. But, um, but there's other spots like Havana Club that's been for like 26 years that I've been a resident. I came out of Havana Club. Yeah. And they booked Snoop. They booked Snoop the DJ. Mm-hmm. They've had Carnage before he retired as Carnage. Um, became Gordo. Um, they've had sick individuals. They've had Grand Theft. I mean, but nobody hears about them because they're they're kind of just operate more locally than they do outside. But if you go in there, like some of the videos you talking about, you seen those been in the Vanna Club. Wow. And they've been and they get they constantly get a lot of those new crop of like EDM raver kids that finally got old enough and they come in there and they flock into these built into the building because that's what kind of accepts them. They're not being too particular. And then that's and it's a different crowd. It could be a hip hop crowd or you know urban crowd, black crowd, or it could be an Indian Bollywood crowd, Latin. And they have like three rooms. Like they had one room was like an EDM room, a Latin room, and a main room. And every and every night it, on a Saturday Friday night it'd be packed out, easy. And I came out of there learning from cats that was in there. Well, one of them, Baby Drew, who's one of my uh, brothers, one of my good friends. Wow. So like this, the dance scene out there right now, how is it? Is it healthy? Is it? Cause there's, there's been so many big EDM songs in the past two to three years. It's become, you know how like when rock music was like the it shit in the eighties and then hip hop came and it kind of just took a back seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Maybe felt, like, yeah, I would say like the late nineties. What would you say? Okay. Right? Let me ask you this question. What would you say? What would y'all say? What would you say would be like the it genre right now? It's between right now. Shit. I would say Latin. 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 But what type of Latin? That's the question. Reggaeton. Reggaeton, Reggaeton, right? Okay. Right. Now before that, what was what was it before that? Hip hop? It was hip hop. Hip hop. Say maybe. Trap hip hop? Mm. Prior to that. Okay. Dancing is kind of like where trap hip hop is right now. Like it took a back seat. Like it got it got so common, people don't have an appreciation for it because it's so expected now. So it went from the main room to the side room. But it still is prevalent in the main room if you're John Summit or if you're Tiesto with the big hit mm-hmm. or whatever the big popping popular shit is. But now there, it's kind of wide open. There with isn't it. a big local scene. Right? Not it, not like it, it, it has it, to be the like bubble a, bursted. It has to be like a ticket sales, big ticket sale draw. Mm-hmm. And it will. You know, yeah. And it will. Like yeah. there's definitely like any big EDM act that comes through. It's it's popping like it sells out. It's it's there's a vibrant scene. People from all different walks of life in Atlanta will come to support it. Like you'd be hood folks at a Flostradamus show. That's a 360 like underground techno version of it mm. because they, they actually did that at Believe Music Hall. Or like I said, if a Diplo comes in town or, you know, we get like, we got um, Side Piece, which is a uh, party favor and um, yeah. Nitty Gritty. They're coming in town. That's going to be a popping ass show. Right. But it's just, they've, they've already had their identity and opposed to everybody embracing it in one city at one time, the scene that big, it's just a small core group that constantly like goes to that scene. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then there's multiple different spots that do like 
Domain mostly does like house acts. Like we've had like Domain Opera, old opera now. Yeah. Domain. They have they've had Black Coffee, Adventure Club, oh. Dead Mouse. Um, I've personally opened for Henry Fong, Sick Kick, Cat Dealers, and Polly D. Wow. You open for Sick Kick? Sick Kick, yeah. The, I saw his face too, but I'm not gonna tell you who it is. <laughs> well, isn't he he's like an Indian guy, right? He's a singer. I cannot confirm nor deny that. Okay. But <laughs> let's just say I can't confirm nor deny right. that. But he's a talented dude. Yeah, I, I see what he does. But he's not, he just doesn't DJ like well, he got a bad, I, I've, seen he got how a bad he, I've seen how he does it. I've seen how he does it. Right. And it's like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah. I've, from what I've heard, it's all pre-mixed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a show, like everyone loves it, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it is. God. I've heard a lot of shit about Sick Kick. Yeah. You know? Oh, but he gets booked a lot. He does. He does. And he, he does. was getting a lot of backlash out here in Vegas. Was he booked so much? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. was he at in Vegas? He was doing uh, the Virgin Hotel. Um, oh, was he? Yeah, Aaliyah the, the, Beach Club. Aaliyah Beach Club. Oh, Aaliyah okay, Beach Club. Okay, okay, Shout okay. out to Ethan who was, yeah. was there. Oh, yeah, I met right. Ethan through Romeo. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the homies. Yeah, he's good people's man. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, sick kick. Oh, I don't think he was. He's getting got, backlash, I love sick. He was cool people's, but. Oh. DJs were calling him out, like yeah. DJ, the thing is, yeah. DJs were calling him out. People were calling him out, but in the end, like everyone who booked them is happy, yeah, because it translates. He bring, to, no, he no, listen, listen. I, yeah, I'll it, be honest with you. It translates he, to ticket sales. No, he gave like I put it this way because you're you know as an opener, yeah. I DJ from for three hours straight before we hopped on, yeah, and he hopped on for, for like. 45 minutes. 50. Yeah, but <laughs> as soon as he got off, I hopped back on and closed it. They thought that was my show. In Atlanta, they were like, "No, you killed it." No disrespect to what he did, but they just—I was the one picking the energy up in the room. He was doing this thing that people came to see, mm. but the energy largely was like, "Oh right. man, you know what I'm saying?" And that kind of helped. A and lot so more it doesn't—it to- doesn't translate live what he does on TikTok or um, Instagram. No, it, it translates in ticket sales because they see what it is and they want to see it live, and so right. they'll be there in attendance, but. When but it, it, gets, probably, it probably loses its its luster after twenty minutes. It, it's it's very creative. Yeah, I'll be and I, and I say this just being honest as a if, as a fan. Yeah, like I'm actually a fan of what he does. Uh-huh. It's just not high energy, mm. but it's very creative. It's very good. Like I I I'd wish I had that skill. I see what he did too, how he does it too, and I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing there. It's pretty creative. Like what what do you mean? Can like you, I seen how can he explain like okay well look y'all not gonna get me blacklisted or anything but I'm gonna go ahead and say this anyway yeah. it's like you run a loop and you dance around the loop oh okay but it's but it's, is, he, is he doing it live yeah on oh. the S nine so it's more of a performance okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like a performance yeah fifty minutes he performing everybody looking and see everybody's look yeah uh huh then when he's there, you get on and you bring the energy up and but boom. you're right but when you when you see it like I seen it and I from like the backstage that I was working and then, you know I have a good keen eye and, and wherewithal about how to operate any type of setup and when I was seeing the S nine of course which is I think the standard for six seven years now at this point or well, besides S eleven now but I seen it and I was like, oh, okay. Now I see like kind of like, cause you know, there was a lot of criticism that's open. People talked about it, but I seen what he did and I'm like, oh, okay. There's a lot of cues right. around a loop that goes, but you still have to perform. And I know that because I remember when I was on tour, I went from being able to be a club DJ that can DJ to a max of about five, 800,000 people in the club to 2,500, 3,000 people looking at you like, okay, you need to entertain us. 
when I was on tour. Mm-hmm. So I can understand the showmanship about it and what the preparation you put into it. Yeah. And giving a show versus you in a club where everybody has alcohol, fine ass women, distractions left and right. And you're just providing the soundtrack for their experience. I mean, it's hard to hate on it completely. If no, it's not hate about it. Well, it's, I, like, I just, it's just different. The thing is, it's hard to hate on it completely if you're in nightlife because right. in the end, if it's packing the club out right. on a Friday night, right. then the it's, and it's just kind of worth it. Otherwise, right. like, any other DJ with skills or who knows how to work a room, right? They they can't bring in the ticket sales that Sicket can. And and, and and like even like one of my one of my uh, my first ex girlfriend doesn't listen to no EDM nothing. And this was like she told me she was a fan. We're friends, we're still cool. But she hits me and tells me like, "What's that guy? He's on TikTok with the mask on right, and everything." Right, right. Yeah, and so she knows it. And that's just the that's where the tickets come from. Yeah, you're crossing over people who are not even really fans of of this particular style, but they see what you do and they like it and they like go on TikTok, and that's where it comes from. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't but doesn't mean he's any less skilled than us. He just doesn't he, he can't just hop in there, plug in, and just read a room and rock it. It's yeah. just he's giving a performance. So it still was an honor to you know open for him like that and kind of display what I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just. I see what he's doing and I respect yeah. I, I respect what he's doing. It, it's weird because it's like Paulie D. I remember when Paulie D started DJing. Mm-hmm. I've DJed quite a bit. Yeah, that, did, yeah, I did. Yeah, a lot of like, motherfuckers yeah. hated on him. Yeah. But yo, like, I, even to this day, I think every fucking venue owner that I talk to, mm-hmm. Paulie D is probably the number one draw. Yep. Yeah, no, for, no. For like, Paulie D was another one. Like, for like, like it was sold women, out. Yeah. Like, yeah. like women ticket sales. Right. But like sixty to seventy percent women ticket sales, right? And for the first time, they would see women booking tables, right? Oh, no, no, yeah. it was it was it like, was a yeah. great night. Yeah, when Paulie, so like everyone's like, why is Paulie D getting booked everywhere? Why is he like he literally he he creates sales Dude. and like tables? Yeah. You know, I yeah. opened for Paulie D his first Las Vegas performance mm-hmm. at Jet. Oh yeah, for real? Yeah. How was, was that? It was like all females in the crowd. Right, yeah. right. It's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And then girls wanted to get into the booth. They was like, mm-hmm. they was trying to be like, yo, yep. come on, can I, get, can I get in the booth? I'm like, nah, you yep. can't do it. I'll do anything you want from Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and honestly, honestly, you know. <laughs> Never was like. Him being on. You know, him I was being, looking around. I'm like, really? Um, <laughs> we got situation go? over here. And him being on Jersey Shore, you think he was an arrogant. He's actually one of the coolest. He's so He was really nice. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Really, really cool dude. Yeah, yeah. He used to come to New all the time, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, he was cool as hell. I like I like Probably. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's funny because that, what he just said, I remember he was at Vanity, mm-hmm. and that's the first time I've ever seen like real diehard groupie activity like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was yeah, just man. so pathetic. Like, these girls were coming up, and I think I just happened to be in a booth, and they're like, yeah. can we get in? I was like, no. And they're like, we'll do anything. And we're like, I'm like, no, like, you can't get in. And they're like, we'll do anything. And I just looked at them like, yo, this is, <laughs> I'm like, yo, like for what? I just didn't get it at the time. It was Damn. really like, I'd never seen no shit like that. Man. And, it's that and I was just like, this Paulie D. I was like, yo, for Paulie D, this is crazy. Yeah. And it's like, he's the number one draw right yeah. now. You know, it's real, it's real when women are buying tables. You know, I can, can be honest, he actually doesn't have a bad song selection in his set. No, I heard he's good now. No, he's yeah. really good yeah, now. Yeah, he's actually, like, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's not, I, I heard he was already, he when he started, he was decent. Yeah. And, yeah. And, now, then, now and I heard a, a little rough, okay. right? So you ever put your, like, yeah. you ever play a video game, put on easy mode? Yeah. Okay. 
I'm gonna just say that I feel like his DJing style is kind of on easy mode per mm, se. Yeah, but he knows what to play. He knows to kind of get the yeah. energy hype and keep it there naturally. Yeah, he guys. There was I guess some guy helps him set him up when he gets in there. He hops on. It's like he's he. It seems like another any other DJ that yeah. would know what to do. And he has and great presence on the mic. Great, great. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. And they're already low and crazy trying to show titties anyway. So you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> I gotta go see him soon. Yeah. It's, it, it'd be it's it, it's worth it's worth a go. Wait, where's yeah. his residency in Vegas? Uh, Marquis, Marquis, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. I think I just saw a billboard with him for the Day Club for like yeah. the whole summer. He's got all all his dates and shit. So. That's a you know when I talked to Suja from Scam, he yeah. said that's his one regret. He's not uh, signing, not signing in life. He passed oh. up on Paulie. Shout out, oh, real quick. T Pain is actually on Scam and didn't know about it. Really? <laughs> How the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm gonna leave it right there. <laughs> well, he was—he he was like, I saw. I, I remember looking at the scam roster or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right before I was trying to, and for some reason I couldn't go to the um, one of the scam summer thing they have a retreat they have yeah, in uh, yeah. LA. And I remember looking at it like a few years, ago, several years ago or whatever, a couple years ago I guess, uh, before the pandemic. And then um, I was looking at the roster just, and I happened to see T Pain was on it. And then I hit Pain because remember again he was doing DJ sets. And I was like, did you, like, I didn't know you was on Scam. He's like, I didn't either. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, little did you know, screenshot, here you go. Yeah. I don't know what happened with that, but I just thought it was kind of funny. He was just like, uh, yeah, I had no idea. Yo, yo, so like back in the day with Scam artists, mm -hmm. before anyone could get signed, right. Sujit had to talk to like six or eight DJs on the roster right. and get it approved. Mm -hmm. Like the mob and shit. Yeah, so it was yeah. like, yo. Uh, Crooked wants to sign with Scam, mm -hmm. so then they go through all the DJs and be like, "Yo, of course, like, yo, like he's fam." So they, he, Suji, be like, "Yo, y'all good," and I think the topic of Paulie D came up, and everyone said no, right? <laughs> and Damn. so wait, wait, so and then I think he signed with DGI, right? And then, and then he said he, he from that point on he stopped asking DJs who he should sign. He just signed whoever Damn. he thought was, he was going to make money. Right, right. That was like Man. the turning point. He's like, why am I asking these motherfuckers right, about right. DJs? He's like, you know, they're, they're going to always try to bring in the keep it real motherfuckers. I'm trying well, to make well, money. Well, well, <laughs> I was going to say like, with, with, with all the accreditations that everybody in this room has, don't you, wouldn't you guys say that you guys largely don't fuck with people that you don't kind of aren't familiar with at some point? Like it, it, when it came to kind of decisions about vouching or putting your name, because one of my brothers, Neil Jackson, yeah, out of, shout to Neil Jackson, Neil Jackson yeah. got to give a big shout out to Neil Jackson, my brother. You know what I'm saying? He, I remember one time, you know, just coming up, you know, of course, you know, I'm like any other DJ when they come up, you know, coming up in the game, you know, it was like, hey, I'm ready for this, this, this. You know what I'm saying? And I know you got the pull to kind of just, hey, give him a shot, whatever, cool, right? Mm -hmm. I remember initially he was just like, nah, you're not ready. And I thought I was ready. Like, I, in my heart, I knew I was ready. But he was like, nah, you're not ready. You're never ready when you think you're ready. You, right. But he's like, nah, you're not ready. And then I was like, okay, so humble humble pie, eat it, boom. Go back, work harder, work harder, try to get more confident. Nah, you're not ready. I've had him come see me DJ a couple times. Nah, you're not ready. And then it got to a point. Then finally, it was like, all right. And then I showed him up and was like, okay, now nah, I think you're ready. And then it wasn't really until like this past year mm. where he really saw me live killing Irvin Plaza sold out crowd and was like, now you're ready. Right. You're ready wow. to go past us. You know, yeah. like, like, he, he, had, he had that heart to heart. And, but he's the kind of dude. This is I, Neil Jackson? Neil Jackson. Really? Yeah. Neil Jackson. That's my brother, man. Big brother. Every time I hear Neil Jackson spin, I'm like, you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 
Damn. I'm fucking with you, Neil. Yeah, I'm fucking with you. I had to do it though. <laughs> I was so good. Oh, I heard him. I heard him before the pandemic. I was like, <laughs> "You're not ready." I texted motherfuckers like, "He's not ready." <laughs> don't let Justin. Don't let Justin Zotz hear this. Nah, nah. Neil, I'm fucking. Oh, with by the Neil, way, I love Zotz, man. Zotz actually, he helped me get booked it a few times in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in New York City. Oh That's shit, funny. we have oh, yeah. a, we have a three. We, we have a three, yeah, three day weekend in yeah, here, right? right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, Romeo raises. I've been I've been begging to get on three day weekend, but I'm not old enough, man. I'm not, I ain't eligible enough. I'm not. I'm not that, I'm not that age yet. <laughs> I've got five more years before I'm eligible. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, man. It's like the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it is. It really is, though. Yo, when did, um, I guess I could say, like, more like street music start becoming, like, big in the Atlanta clubs? Because I feel like I did Tongue and Groove. Oh, no, nah, man. It's been, the street music has been big in all Atlanta clubs. Well, so maybe it's just the clubs I was going to. Okay, so, I what, did. okay so what it was was that they was trying to keep hood motherfuckers from out of the club, so okay. they didn't play those while they was play, while the dance, while the EDM explosion happened. Yeah. For the bubble hit. They were trying to attract a certain. Dem- it's still a red racist state. Don't get it yeah, twisted. Yeah, it, on the like I always say, Atlanta is a liberal oasis in a Republican racist jungle. Vegas is that in Nevada? Yeah. So you so can relate similar, to what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like you may, go anywhere else outside of Vegas. I always looked, at, I always looked yeah. at the Vegas Strip as like the vagina of the desert. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I like seriously, like it's yeah. like that sweet spot. But then, of course, you go outside of this. It's like the the people in the hills. Yeah. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's some scary shit. Yeah. You go east 15 minutes. You, yeah. you may not make it back. No, I, I, was, I know this. I was asking because I did tongue and groove. I think it was 2015 summer. Yeah. Huge Asian crowd, but it was on a Friday majority night. Probably, top right? four, yep. Yep. Majority yep. top 40. Yep. EM. I came Friday back night. the next summer. Same crowd, but it was like I was. What like, day was it? I can play like future. What day was it? Was it Friday? It might have been a Friday. I don't remember. It was Friday okay, or Saturday. That's what I'm saying. Here's Atlanta. Atlanta can have tongue and groove, right? Mm-hmm. And I love, shout out to Janie and, and Scott and all them people out there. You know what I'm saying? Dave and all them. Um, but when they were open like five days, right? Monday, they used to have a hip hop night. They just opened up Wednesdays to kind of be more like the two rooms. So it would be like heavy traditional Latin night and then like open format on the other room, the little side room. Thursday would be industry night, but then Friday would be Asian hip hop night and then Saturday would be open format night. But mm-hmm. but depending on what night you go in any spot, it's always catered to, it's always like the same spot, different crowd has a rotation. Yeah, That's Atlanta period. Like you go, you you can go to one spot on one night. It's just geared for Bollywood folk. You go to the, and then you go like Tuesday night. We already know if, okay, if you're, Asian or if you're black or if you're white or and you want to hear like a certain t- st- certain style or a certain crew, certain crew, certain group, you know where to go on what night of the week. Mm-hmm. And but there's not that many spots. And then and now, you know, you see all these other people flooding in there trying to learn what's up and they kind of like, you know, trying to sift out what's what. But they're always going to have something that's going to cater to a particular group, but they just rotate like a carousel. Yeah. Every yeah, time. Because when I did it, I was like, oh shit. Like I was playing. It's very I went from playing like know. EDM to playing like handsome and wealthy. Right, right. And it's t-shirt very, it, it's and- very confusing because <laughs> somebody, they'll, they'll, they'll say some of these, like, like okay, that Havana Club, right? Believe this or not. You know how like some clubs are saying they're banned, you can't play certain songs? I love Havana Club. Those are my fam. I've been I came out of there. Like that was the only club that gave me the first shot. We're not allowed to play um Punjabi MC. It's banned. Why? What the fuck? I don't even know. Don't even tell me why. But because I guess it incites such a rageful response in the club. They've had issues. They're like, 
No, nah, don't play that song. Anymore. What the fuck? So the crowd will wild out too much if they hear. If you catch a bunch of Bollywood mofo's and they hear that and they hear that they be hitting the whole little dance and everything like that, bro, it goes crazy. It goes wild. And they said that because it was so crazy, it got out of control one time. We can't play that song anymore in that club. Pujabi Does it make MC? sense? <laughs> really? Even now? To this that day, sounds like twenty that's years like old now. But yeah, that's right. all. But also, from what I was told from some people, like on Friday nights at Tongue and Groove, you can't play uh, Travis Scott. Or oh, no, they can't play Travis Scott you can't play no bystanders by Travis Scott um, okay. that's a really the fuck the club, club. Uh, yeah fuck the club but you know anything I, else but isn't that like a bunch of Atlanta records are like that <laughs> <laughs> that's like every Atlanta record is I, mean, I mean I'm not here to dispute it because hey they booked <laughs> me and I appreciate it so keep like booking every, me but every Atlanta club yeah. every Atlanta song I know is fuck the club up turn up but, but listen <laughs> tear it up I, I don't make these rules fuck it up I don't make these rules I just hey they want me to come show up you don't I want no problems group. all right. this shit we don't need to right? play them to have problems either you so don't give a damn we don't give a fuck it goes on. It does. That's Atlanta shit. Not stick talk. Not give you buck. <laughs> but Atlanta's so much more too, man. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I just, I just want to be just put out there, man, about how Atlanta's so much more. Like you got talented cats, DJs that you probably never heard of that can, can go toe to toe with greats that travel constantly, that make a name for themselves internationally. You know what I'm saying? Like just talent wise. Now they don't may not get the recognition because they're in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but Atlanta's like its own little world too. And once you guys actually have a chance to come back and experience it, like you know, like I said, my boy Vatillas does this whole Pareo 404 movement, and he's you know teamed up with a couple people to kind of take it on the road. Me, Baby Drew, and uh, a couple other DJs like my boy DJ A1. You probably never heard about him. He's really dope. He's a Persian dude, but he's like hella dope. And if you heard him, you'd be like, man, this guy can play any room in the world. He's that good. But Nobody hears about him because, you know, oh, I'm overhyping him because he's a friend of mine. No, like really come and listen to him and see what he can do. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so much talent in Atlanta. People just, you know, it's almost like we got too much talent to know what to do with or kind of like the people that come out of Atlanta are the people that actually have, like I said, personality, a brand that they can like market and share. Mm-hmm. And even then we're still typecast at Atlanta's the hip hop town. That's where they came from. So they don't really take into consideration that you can be a open format DJ that has all these other, you know, worldly kind of like perspectives or talent create, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you've heard me DJ when I was at the spot last night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was all over the place, but people think like, oh, you're an Atlanta DJ. Like I've, I've gotten that from like, like when I was in Chicago on tour. Yeah. I jumped in and was DJing for some songs for T-Pain over at Underground Nightclub. And uh, one of the DJs named Sean Matt kind of moved to the side and was like, um, yeah, so you gonna be the DJ playing all the pain songs? And I was like, uh, no, nah, I'm just here to say, hey, what's up? And then pass him a microphone real quick. He's like, oh, well, you go ahead and play and just hop on. And I had a USB drive, no laptop or nothing. And I played like 12 T-Pain songs. That's all I had on there. He only had like two T-Pain songs on the Serato. And I was just like, okay, well, now he just left me up there to DJ and I'm DJing off USBs, the whole Chicago thing. And I'm like kind of catering to what they want to hear and everything. Just stop real quick. Well, I'm confused. Why are we only there to play T-Pain songs? Because T-Pain was actually hosting after after party when we went to the oh, okay, okay. stop at uh, from House of Blues. Yeah, oh, I was okay. like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. can you, maybe you got to mention Didn't that. Didn't throw yeah. that out there. Because <laughs> I was you know, right through it. I was like, wait, I'm lost. I'm, I'm, you know, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, you know, thought you guys were you in my head a little bit. <laughs> That's my fault. He's like, Jim. Not my fault. He was like, we were in this mind and we knew what he was thinking. Right, 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 right. I'm right. like, yeah, but why are you there with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. with 12 T-Pain songs? I was assuming we were vibing too. 
will. That was my fault. I'll take full responsibility no, no, for no, that No, 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 go ahead. It's fine. No, I'm just saying that when I was up there, they were just like, oh, you're from Atlanta DJing like this? Like, yeah. I'm like, Stereotype. yeah. But to me, I'm like, we all do. You get that stereotype a lot? A lot. Really? Outside of Atlanta, yeah. Oh. I, they, 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 don't think, they don't would, think we're versatile. I would think the same thing too, though, right? Yeah. If they were like, <laughs> if like uh, Black Amigo's gonna come on, he's from Atlanta, so I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna hold off yeah, on all the Amigos. Even playing up a future and they Amigos and got names. And I'd be like, like, March bro, like, like I'd be like opening for him playing EDM, and he, he'd be like, damn, he playing he's all the EDM. Motherfucker's burning me, bro. And then, I, you know what? I actually, I actually, me personally, I kind of yeah. like that though. Yeah, like I kind of like when and they then go right hard. before, right before you get on, I'd be like, I didn't play nothing. I didn't, I, play, I, I, play, no, <laughs> I didn't play no hip hop, man. You good? It's all you. It's all you, man. You know, you know, I actually like that because I kind of look at the challenge of like, okay, how can I like do whatever you want to do, but then let me yeah. figure out, like, let me challenge myself to kind of. You know, dance around what you did and not like sound right. sick. You know, like I'm not repeating a cycle here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually kind of dig it. I'm like, hey, go. Anybody that's open for me, I'm like, yo, go hard, bro. Like, Shit. you know, don't 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 hold back. Well, that, you know what I'm saying. You know, fuck. What I'm I mean, like, uh, now that we know. Now we know a little bit more about Atlanta. I mean, I'm so I'm really I'm really anxious to go to Atlanta. I've because I'm just I've heard so many things about it. Right. And I'm sure everything I've heard is wrong. I mean, you know? it's one of those things like, <laughs> like, you know, I, like one of the things I heard early on, maybe like, fuck, maybe like 10 years ago mm-hmm. or more was that nobody dances in Atlanta, like in nightclubs. Um, okay. And because no. I would hear, like, I would talk to motherfuckers. They'd be you like, you know who doesn't dance that pisses me the hell off? Yeah. People who come up for Afro, Afro beats, Afro beat requests, they get on my fucking nerves, man. <laughs> because they, they request that. No, Afrobeats. because they request it and then don't dance. Right. Like they don't give no reaction. The most no, tangible music. The, the, the most. There you go. Like they'll come up and like you can be playing a whole other genre or something. I could be playing reggaeton or something, and they'd be like, "Hey, can you play some Afro beats? Afro beats? Afro Afro beats? Afro beats? Please, amigo." I'm like, "Okay, cool. All right. Now play Afro beats, and then they just sit still." Yeah, you just, just you, you want like a reaction, right? Like, like playing okay, if you're gonna bug me about it and harass me and not even tip me, at least you can do is just humor me and dance about it, right? Like they don't do that. <laughs> like y'all sit there and be like, yo, like, oh man, I hate bad. I love a bad bunny request. Give me a reason to play some Benito. I don't think any of us hate bad bunny requests. No, nobody hates yeah. them, but I'm saying, but you know, the whole stigma is, oh, everybody's gonna, you know, bad bunny, bad bunny. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I welcome that. Like I'm like, please give it to me. I'm the same way. I think you know how many times I've had to hear, "Give me a Burner Boy song," and then they don't even do shit. They're right. lifeless. You're dead. <laughs> You're Wake lifeless. up. <laughs> it's annoying. I know what it's, you mean. It's, I know what it you make, mean. It's nauseating. Yeah, it if, pisses me off. If someone's gonna come up and go out of their way to request a song, then act like it's the last song you ever hear in your yeah, life. Yeah, when you yeah. hear the shit, you should be you better like, go off. rejoicing. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Thank, like, uh, oh my God, like, do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, bop or something. You just sit back there and yeah. smoke the hookah. <laughs> I heard that's an Atlanta thing, though. Man. Just cool. like nobody dancing. Man, they serve. And everyone, one, and everyone's just lounge. smoking hookah. Man, that's they, what man I heard. they sell hookah in church, bro. Are you serious? I think you're serious. You see my place. face, right? They sell hookah in, in church. They sell hookah in, in church. Atlanta. I promise you, they do somewhere. Really? Damn, yeah. Wow. So that I wouldn't be surprised. It's a Sunday. Service. I've heard. I've heard. Well, okay. If you don't believe me, that over at New Birth, they welcome people to smoke weed there. Wow. That's okay. I'm not lying about Wait, that. So New Birth is a church. New Birth is a church. Eddie Long. 
that was Eddie Long's church, but he's passed oh, on a few okay, years yeah, ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot the new pastor name, but he's been there, new senior pastor. So they let you smoke in church. I haven't been there. I pr- you probably think I would have been there by now, mm-hmm. but I have been there. But I know people in there. They welcome the smell of what used to be the devil's lettuce. Is now God's herbs. I've never heard devil's lettuce. <laughs> I've heard that. You never heard. I've heard that before. The devil's, devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce. <laughs> that shit is it's a southern thing. Devil's it's a southern lettuce. thing, man. I'm telling you, you just had to be there. Oh but they, God. but they welcome anybody who smokes weed. They're like, bring on the, bring on the dankiness of the dank. But was that ever the burning part of, bush? Was that ever part of the club scene? Just like motherfuckers not dancing and just smoking hookah. And that's you, what know, I, you know, you know, you know, you know what happened when I started DJing. Because uh, I've only professionally, quote unquote, been Black Amigo as a DJ since 20, I started 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, since that time. Fairly new. Fairly new. Thank you. Hey. Uh, uh, That's why he came in here saying, dude, I'm so like, he was nervous because it was everybody. <laughs> That's what here. I'm saying. I'm looking like, yo, man, I'm out, I'm out here outclassed, literally. Uh, no, nah. nah, but um, when I first started, I seen a lot more people dancing. But then again, once Afrobeat and the reggaeton the reggaeton dance latin parties they'll dance all the time yeah but when you start bringing in that afro beat kind of like that vibe and the hookahs start coming in and the bottles set and more set like there's been people who remodeled their whole club just to add a shit ton of more sections right that shit came in then you start seeing people dancing in sections and you don't even look for people dancing you look for the bottles to come out right 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 you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then, then then you're like, okay, well, you know, the business mind person to me, you know, thinking as a DJ is like, all right, well, maybe because this is this is the culture now, we should probably get more money now. Then they then they the kickback comes. Like, oh no, nah, well, you know, you know, this month, this rate is this rate. Yeah. Just because we're making more. I'm like, whoa, 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 I want more of the pie too. Like, you know, we're the ones creating the vibe here. I heard the yeah. I heard the rates are kind of rough in Atlanta. Oh. I heard like this is what I heard early on mm-hmm. that it was like the rates were really rough in Atlanta mm-hmm. maybe 10 years ago 8 mm-hmm. years ago yeah it was really really rough yeah and all the DJs are cutthroat like oh it's a dog eat dog world yeah yeah like be, everyone's I'm, fighting for the fucking gig you know you know what the you know what the thing I've always tried to be about is yeah. trying to unionize like one thing um there's a group in Charlotte you ever heard of Ro- Roche and them Radical yeah, Grove yeah, yeah. Radical Grove they have like this collective of DJs and they have all these new spots that are opening. They ain't got enough DJs to go around and go send them here, 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 here on a rotation. Mm-hmm. So they'll call me or other dope DJs from, you know, surrounding markets to come in like once a week or like, not once, maybe like once a month. Hey, can you go work this spot over here? Cause right, we just, right. you know what I mean? Like there's so many new spots opening up. Atlanta got few spots and so many other DJs just popping up. And, they don't, and most of these DJs are new cats. I'm an OG. You said I'm young, right? Yeah, I I'm considered young. an OG in my scene. Really? Like, oh, Black Amigo is the OG. He's the legend. OG. I'm like, you're I, probably like an OG as a fixture in Atlanta. In Atlanta, and, 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 and I can I say this humbly? Yeah. That blows my fucking mind that somebody would even say that. I'm like, because I'm because st- you know what it is. All of us as DJs, we're yeah. still chasing something. The big names, the Diplos, Bices. Cascades and those are like perform you know production house you know the specific genre DJs though but everybody who's a DJ that's a performer him they're all we're all chasing something on our own journeys mm-hmm. so while he's accomplished shit that I only dream about accomplishing he's still chasing something you've accomplished I've heard about you long before you've been before I even stepped in this room with you and we saw you in Phoenix and I know you're still chasing something 
Jamie's chasing something, Never's chasing something, D Miles is chasing something. We're all moving individually on our own separate journeys, but we're coming together to try to collectively build something else and create something bigger than ourselves so that we can also further our progressions. So with that being said, it's like everybody is moving differently and but it's still dog eat dog because it's like Mario Kart. They trying to throw that banana peel to slip somebody because they're trying to get ahead of somebody mm-hmm. in Atlanta. But I'm like, we should unionize and all come up together to reset the floors, reset the rates, have us respect us more, come together. So it's a market. Yeah. DJing is a market. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to do that. It is hard because the ego. It's hard. Ego. It's ego, but I think just some people need the money more than others. You but know that, what I'm but, saying? But that's I the, think that's the problem. And, but see, that's the problem. What you, everybody's chasing something different. They're yeah. still chasing it. Like I said, how, how what's Diplo's net worth? You can talk know. to him right now. I guarantee you he's still trying to accomplish shit that we can't comprehend, but he's chasing it just with the same amount of energy and vigor that you may be chasing what your goal is. And your goal may be in a line with never Jamie or D miles. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you still have individual goals. You're trying to chase for yourself as crooked, the individual, right? Yeah. The, the thing is like the whole big DJ thing. Like right. I've, I've met these motherfuckers. I've seen a lot of right. them and they're just not happy. Okay. So for me, right. Being that DJ isn't a goal because right. I see how unhappy they are. Right, yeah. but but I see how much money they make. Exactly, I see how like like nothing is enough. The people around them are using them. Yeah, like I just see all of that shit. So for me, like I'm like, uh, that's not so much what I want to be. Yeah, classic you know? example. Look at Avicii. Yeah, R.I.P. Well, yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. But no. so like that that whole thing disappeared. Like it yeah. disappeared years ago. Years yeah. ago. You know, but but what you're talking about with like unionizing DJs, yeah, I think they're it's just so hard to do. Yeah. Like in Vegas, I feel like when shit started opening up, right, DJs were just taking whatever they could. Right. And they and they really like if you look at it now, some of the rates might be going up. Right. But I'm telling you right now, a lot of motherfuckers fuck themselves. Right. No, like they, they do. They do. Like in Vegas, right. don't even fucking lie to me. Mm-hmm. I know you're working a lot and I'm happy for you, mm-hmm. but you kind of fucked it up for everything. Right. Well, well, that's you know what, what I'm saying. Because you're as strong as the weakest link, even though I don't like you may not roll with this cat, but because you're still an option to the people who are going to be paying cats like us. Right. They can. It's the same thing in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You got motherfuckers who don't even have the proper talent. Like yeah. there's other motherfuckers who are not as talented as I or let's say like a Baby Drew or uh, you know Danny M or cats that's been known in the Atlanta scene, right. like heavy. Or you know like there's DJs and like Mixmaster David, one of my homies. There's no reason why he doesn't deserve top dollar for what he's able to do. I mean, this motherfucker comes out here all the time and does other I mean, shows. For, for me, I with think, Mars too. Yeah. The thing is, I completely get it though. For yeah. me, it's like I. It brings in new blood, right. like right, and then like people are working steady. It's it's doing good. It's it's what it is. Right. I think it's fine and it's understandable, but it only changes when like one one dude. It really just takes one dude or one mm-hmm. DJ. I shouldn't say dude. It only really changes when one DJ sets the example and takes care of others. Right. And everyone follows. No, no, that no. It, yeah. So like for us in Vegas at that time, mm-hmm. it was DJ AM. AM, yeah, for sure. Because AM was in the, in the scene. Yeah. And it was like, he was getting money and then everyone was, everyone's pay was going up. Right, right. He, he, he I, I, that's no. like the only time in Vegas, right? Where like every, like he was getting money and his rate was going up and mm-hmm. all our rates were going up and yeah. we were just, go, we were all like kind of working together to be like, you know, like, 
It trickled down. It kind of trickled down a little bit. And when EDM took over, you know, it was a whole different thing. Right. But like the way it is right now, like I think it could get there. But I I haven't seen a DJ like AM. Like I haven't seen a new DJ like AM. Well, because he broke ground. He broke ground and made what seemed like the impossible possible with with what he did. You know, like he was the one that punched through the ice and then the ice becomes easier to break. Does it make sense? Yeah. So I've, I mean, and, and the thing is, I never, I got into the scene long, actually after he passed. So I don't really, I have to go back on history mm-hmm. and refer to other people who tell me, like Killer Cass, a good friend of mine, you know, he was, he's of that mold. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to learn from cats like you guys about AM's influence on it. But you still have to pay homage to the ones that came before us and kind of study them and say, like, okay, what's up to kind of see how you want to be, how you want to impact the scene. We all got to worry about what we got to put into it versus what can we take out of it. That's the problem. Everybody want to take out of it and get out of it something like, you know, oh, I'm trying to go do this or do this to this spot. I've been that way. We've all been that way at some point. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you also say even with what you have, even if you're chasing something that somebody else has experienced that you want to experience and have your crack at it, that maybe you feel like you given a set might be the set that changes everything. That's your dream. That's your passion. That's the energy you want to go into it every single time. You got to realize that. You know, as you, like the ones that came before you, you know, now it's for us to innovate and take it to another level. You know what I'm saying? But how can we give into it to push it to another level so that we all can benefit from it? Just like AM subsequently did himself for others to kind of take that and kind of push it to a limit. Well, you know what I'm saying? I think the problem is, is that people don't understand uh, the value. Like people don't understand the value of open format right, right now. Yeah, because the value is basically whatever rate they took when the pandemic after right. the pandemic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they kind of like deep. They kind of brought the value down. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, there's so many open format DJs, and they're gonna do this shit for three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. Five hundred. If that. So yeah. that's the value of right. it. Now, if we go to an EDM DJ and they take a discount. Let's see what the value is on that. And right. none of them did. None of them do. That's yeah. the difference that open format DJs do not understand. Right. Right. So, and the thing is, this like a club, like obviously makes more money from EDM draw. Right. But on a regular night, if they if they have nothing else going on. Right. right. They have to have an open format DJ to make the club money. Right. Because the, the open for, format DJ has to read the room. Has execute. to play for the yep. tables, for the dance floor, for everybody. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of coordinate yeah. everything. Now, the the only problem right now in Vegas that I see is the value of open format has gone down. Right. So how does that come back up? I think it just has to be an issue of saying who wants to unionize together. As that's a not, collective. I, I don't think that's it. I, I, I mean, I mean ma- ma- yeah. well, again, I can only really speak from, yeah. let's say, from where I'm at in Atlanta versus was Vegas' situation. Because I've seen it work in a smaller market, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So no, I don't. I don't mean that to say any like I don't because I, I do. Yeah, agree with I, you. I do. I do understand. I agree with a, you 100. percent Like it won't maybe won't work here I for think, sure. No, no. I think in what you're talking about in Charlotte, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's so many spots it, it that is just popping up, and it, it's yeah. a smaller market, and they have they you know they they have people that work with them to control the entertainment. And I and I know like some of the major DJs that were there, they're right. not that many. Right. So they were able to kind of like have have a have hands on with to how, communicate and organize right. because that's it, what what it really is is yeah. that. If so, if a venue hits me up, right, 
and they give me a rate. I hit somebody up like, yo, you've done this spot. What's your, like, Yeah. is this normal? And they right. were like, nah, that's pretty low. Yeah. And that's what, what it really becomes. Yeah. Now, if a DJ's like, fuck it, I, I'm broke and I need that shit, mm-hmm. I understand. You take the rate and you, and you do it. Right. But at the same time, in two years, what they got to understand is this. You take the lower rate, after two years or a year, after a year probably, you're going to be like, I want to raise. Everybody. And you're going to be like, yo, I'm making this club so much money. Every, yep. Every DJ does this. And I want you (laughs) guys to understand this. You guys take the lower rate. Mm -hmm. You work your, you work constantly. You burn yourself the fuck out. Right. To the point where you start not caring about the gig, right? Mm -hmm. We've all been there. Yep. So you start not caring about the gig and you think your name is big enough. So you're like, I'm going to ask for more money. Right. Or, and then, and then if you say, oh, okay, like. And then you realize the venue's like, mm, no, they don't, we're good. No, you, know why they, you know why they don't? Because there's some young buck that you don't even exactly. know. Exactly. on your heels. And he's trash. Can't, doesn't know how to do what you do. To, doesn't know how to read a room. Or, or the, but because he's cheap and we've had hard economic times where they're looking at the bottom line. Right. They're going to go with that guy. They're going to go. Well, they're going to go with that guy for a number of reasons. Right. Right. That guy's probably been studying you in that room. Mm-hmm. He's been hearing what you do. Yeah. And he could do the same thing. So now you've not only played out your style. And they emulate. And you, wait, wait. No, no, yeah. Not only have you played out your style and now people know what you do. Right. The crowd from that club knows what you do. Right. The staff are tired of your sets. Right. So now you're at this venue and you've been here and you devalue yourself. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of made no room for you. you yeah, yeah. You've, you've been. To yeah fucking raise your money up listen when i was on tour when i came back man the man was high like just oh we need you here 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 right and then you know they got used to it now i still provided a quality to provide consistency to stay in the spots Mm -hmm. and still do my thing and i always like i love some of the little lounges you do sometimes and i would say like hey just because you don't do big clubs all the time don't be deterred by like Taking a lounge where you can just be creative on your own. Right. Treat it like, I mean, I hate to say it, but treat it like paid practice. You know what I'm saying? Practice your style, do something different. Don't be just, that's the beauty about being open format DJs. Be open format. Don't just stick to one lane or be a one trick pony. Learn some, take time to invest in your time, even if it's a spot that's like, you know, whatever, and find where you can have your creative freedom because that may end up being of more value than whatever little minim- minimal pay you may think you're getting. And you don't have to be in, make sure, oh, do I have to promote it? Good. So you're not going to put your brand in public to make it look bad. But practice. People don't even do that no more. They're so worried about what kind of content can we have to hurry up and put on IG versus trying to practice the craft and see how they can like add something to the set to kind of provide something new and kind of switch it up. So we have core elements, but we have something that's new that we can have. It's like you got to cook with different, different seasons, my guy. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that, you know, there's nothing bad in doing small spots or big spots. The small spots are going to help you get back to the big spots. If you had the big spots, go back to the small spots. It's like going down there. It's like going to rehab. Go ahead, rehab your game a little bit. Rehab your sound. Rehab your style. Come back and give them something new and then try to flip your brand a little bit. But you can still stay the same person. Mm-hmm. It's, it, 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 it's, it's not that hard, but people don't do that because they're so caught up in the, in the game in, in certain spots like Atlanta. They get, you know, they're getting caught up in just the buy low, sell high culture. That's what Atlanta does. But Atlanta does have a wealth of talent. They just, they don't have enough about shit that needs to get, you know, to really kind of branch out. Branding, marketing, outreach, networking. You know what I'm saying? We have a lot to, Atlanta has to offer. So it gets hard to think about trying to go elsewhere, to reach out elsewhere because there's so much in Atlanta. 
But then now it's like they close a spot here, close a spot here, close a spot here, close a spot here. Now, again, there's more DJs than there is spots. And now it's like dog eat dog. You know what I'm saying? So even some people who are on the top, they're just trying to go get something. So, so that's the real problem is that all these Atlanta spots uh, started just closing? Um, For the most part, yeah. I and mean, there's, so, not, there's not really any like new spots really kind of opening like that. Or if they are, you know what they're doing? They're taking restaurants and they're adding hookah mm. and turning restaurants into right. slash hookah lounges. So that's why the, there's like a, a bigger market of de- yeah, supply they, DJs. They have the spots. Market, right? You just never hear about them. So it's hard for them to say, hey, I'm a DJ that has aspirations to be on a level like of you guys or Romeo or whoever to travel and be do Vegas big rooms or New York or Miami. You know, they don't know because nobody would take them seriously because, oh, you're at a hookah lounge or something. But it doesn't right. mean you're not less talented or you don't have the tools or credential or uh, intangibles necessary to kind of break out to be a, a force that can just, you know, not only you go out and try to make a name for yourself, but help bring people in from outside to tell them what really Atlanta really is. Mm-hmm. Really, really the way this only changes is if one DJ blows the fuck up, mm-hmm. raises the rates <clears throat> and then whoever's under him, he raises their rates or she raises their rates. Yeah. So then this $500 DJ becomes a $1,200, $1,500. Yeah. yeah. And then we want him or her you know, and then it's like, well, you can't have me, but I got my boy got, who could take care of it, and, and his rate's eight hundred. That's, that's that's really the only way it goes back up once it's gone down like the way it is right now. That's what that's why you know, hey man, that's why they call me the Margarita Messiah, baby. I'm here to save these people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you're so the, the guy. You're the, the Margarita you're the, Messiah is here. He's the one. So you're the I'm, one. I'm, you're I mean, Neo. I'm, look, 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 look. I'm, you're I'm Neo? trying. I'm oh, trying. Shit. Sometimes I think like I am when I get lost. God damn. The how many shrooms I had before the set. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> So wait, when we come to Atlanta, you're going to show us around? Absolutely, man. Please. Just let me know, yeah. man. I'm going to try to, you know, make sure you got to kind of just see a, a sample size of what it really can be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Absolutely. Like, I want to like, see it. A, yeah, I'll show you around. You know, I'll show you some of the other spots. It's not it's not just the national no spots. Like there's, you know, like I'm going to do like Romeo. Romeo was there. Remember we had to go Soul Food with the the little popping spot on Sundays. You know, the, the Bucket, Bucket Saloon is not no more. But they do have it's It's a vibe. You'll see it. And then when you get to see it, you'll be like, oh, okay, now nah, Atlanta's really dope. You know, it's not, it's 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 like, it's something you just have to experience yourself, man. Is, and when is, you do. Is Gladys Knight still the, the most no, popular? No, absolutely. <laughs> what? No. Gladys dude, Knight has a restaurant. Dude. The chicken and waffles, right? Nah, yeah. bro. When I was, when I went there for. Nah, fam. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. When I went to, when I went to opera, when I was doing DJ mm-hmm. and opera, mm-hmm. I remember everyone, every cab driver every hotel uh concierge everyone just kept telling me to go to gladys knight's restaurant nah bro but at that time it was nah, popping bro. i don't know was it so no, it's not bro. good no. but they kept no, telling not, me no, to go not, there it's not it's not good it's just that that's like saying oh let's go to the varsity to eat nobody goes to the fucking varsity you know what i'm saying but if you want to go to delia's chicken sausage stand that shit be busting. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would they telling me to go there? They're like because they're just you know they, we, you know why? Yeah. Because that's probably where he can pick up most of his passengers mm. from people from out of town. And he can probably take advantage of you. All right. It's a hustle city, man. Like, oh, hustle, you haven't been to Glass Nights? You have to go to Glass. But they got. Nights. I mean, I like, okay. they have new. They got so many new <laughs> spots now. Like there's this spot called Sonya Garden is really dope. Yeah. But they, they, again, they don't cater for DJs that come in there. Like honestly, there's a spot called Pasha that I you know work with. One of the dopest spot, bet one of some of the best Mediterranean food, best hookah, 
best vibes in there. We get people in regular regulars are um young young Ma or young MA, Shaq, ASAP Rocky's been in there a few times. Oh wow. Um I definitely don't want to go there. Eric <laughs> <laughs> ASAP Rocky's cool, bro. ASAP, hey man, put some respect on ASAP. I don't want to go. Yeah, I don't want to go somewhere where like a bunch of rappers are going. And I know. Shit, no, 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 no. But 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 we but but we 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 actually got in there like there's a ro- like they have seven DJs a okay. week now. But there's a core like there's a group that we rotate in there okay. that we got a hold of. It's so a vibe. It, we cre- yeah, I got Mondays there now. Okay. So Mondays I like it's like I try to cater it to like industry and like other so you know, we'll get like random ass celebrities like the Hawks players when some of the out, you know, NBA players from other teams mm-hmm. after the games are over they'll come through. Like it, it's it's just a vibe. It's a, it's a nice. This little, is a restaurant? This is a hoop it's posh. It's one of the best oh, restaurants okay. to go to. There's it's, a, it's a, it's a nice, really hookah it's, it's everywhere. It's a nice little huh? sitch. There's really hookah everywhere it, it, in Atlanta. It, 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 man, I'm telling you, they, they smoke, they sell hookah in church. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Right. I'm not joking. El Black Amigo, thank you so much for coming through. I'm glad you were in Vegas and we can have like a little taste of Atlanta before we go. Yeah, know, a little season. Yeah, home. yeah, yeah. Hope you know what I'm saying. Hopefully, I'll do like a little mini episode with y'all once you're in there to see us so we can kind of touch more on Atlanta. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, I appreciate y'all letting me come in here. No, no, no. You know, fuck it. Just to get, because again, I, I just, there's so much more that Atlanta has. And I'm not saying I'm like it's hero or anything. Right. But, you know, they do call me the Black Amigo for a reason. Right. You you're know what I'm saying? The Black you know, Amigo. The Black Amigo for you a reason. You said you're the Neo of Atlanta, so you're going to save yeah. all the details. I mean, you know, you know, like I said, the Margarita Messiah, baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here, got to be the party saver. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> what right. I do. You know what I mean? Right. But no, I, I say that, I say that humbly just because, um, you know, I just, this this saved my life. You know what I'm saying? DJing is what saved my life. You know, honestly, like I was, you know, depression and everything. And then when I finally found out this is really what I wanted to do and like I had aspirations to kind of go in a different lane, but then it just so happened that it went this way and I'm happy that it did. Right. Um, it just allowed to show me, like you said, some of these EDM DJs, they're depressed. These a lot of the cats who work open format that still have experienced a lot of accomplishments and success. Um, it showed me a different thing that I didn't even think was true, and it just made me believe that I'm doing the right thing. I'm well, I feel like you were suppressing this this love for DJing for like ten years. Ten so years, of course, man. because a girl, because you know. a girl said, "Nah, like you, you trash," and I was like, "I'm gonna show you." And then, like, it just you know, I got inspired. But um, yeah, Atlanta's got like I said, shout out to Baby Drew, A One, Vatillas, Stan. Um, shout out all the people in TNG, you know, Danny M and all them, and um. You know, all the people like at a band. There's a lot of the vast talent. I just think that people don't have like a, a, a outlet or forum to really talk about it. And then there's a lot more that we can do that can make impacts. It's not just trap hip hop and, you know, this flashy, you know, can't afford your lifestyle type of hip hop lifestyle that goes on in Atlanta. It's a lot deeper than that. Yeah. The Latin scene is strong. It, it's, it's really big and strong. You just got to kind of really experience it to kind of get an nah, idea what's you. up. Yeah. And, it, and this is stuff that now, like a lot of what, you know, some of the, key players that you may not have heard about we're trying to branch out we're trying to do things that are you know really spread out and go from atlanta to the rest of the nation and hopefully bigger than that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so you know it really started with like you know my boy doing the perdillo 404 movement um with the latin scene and then like when i was able to go on tour with pain it was a big look and the people looked at me like i was their champion because just they seen where i was attached with right you know what i'm saying it was like oh you with t-pain you did this da 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 and it just kind of really kind of opened more eyes. And so now we're trying to carry that momentum and let it be like, hey, Atlanta got something to say. For sure. So. Oof. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, hopefully you and T-Pain will squash your beef. And- we have no beef. <laughs> You'll get back on the podcast. Man, we have no beef. We have no beef. He'll answer your calls I and love, he'll put I you love, on the podcast. I love Fahim. Fahim. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's my dude, man. Shout, no, but shout out Nappy Boy. Shout out Young Cash. Uh, Young Cash was the one, man. He He's the one that really kind of, you know, kind of pulled the trigger on and made it happen. But T Pain, man, I wouldn't be where I was at if it wasn't for Pain. So I love him to death. You know what I'm saying? Bring him back, Pain. Mama, mama love me. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Pain. Pain Come on, love Pain. No, we're friends. No, no, we're friends. No, Hashtag good. bring that's, Black Amigo that's back. My, that's, my, that's my dude. No, we, uh, he, got some, he got a lot of major things coming up, too. He got a new album coming out. So, you know, he got a Nando STL. We got you know Cash Project coming up. So. Um, there's a lot yeah. of shit that's happening. A yeah, lot of we, good things. We happening. need some T Pain music. Yeah. Oh, there's some new. Like, you weren't there yet, but I played. I opened up with, uh, with some some new T Pain. Really? Shit. Yeah. He was. He. I think he came a little late, but Pete, I heard it. I just see. I just see him have like a bunch of. He has IMAX full of music, and he's not doing shit with. Oh it. no! Yeah. He's, he's surprised. More, he's it, making it's, more it's, money he, playing he, the game. No, he like to say it's a gourmet music. Mm. Gourmet, and I, I'm inclined to agree. It's actually really, really good. I'm not just saying it because he's my friend, but I mean, you know, like I said, I'm more than just no, no, no offense. I'm, saying, I'm just know that there's a lot more what I'm affiliated, what I'm doing with, just as a DJ is more than T Pain. But it's also we're building on that. He taught me a lot just watching him about just being a one man Renaissance man of doing podcasts, doing other ventures, along with just being an artist. Do other shit, but be a DJ. That's mm-hmm. what you're known for. Build on that. Build around it, and then try to get people to come around. And what can you give to it before, other than you, what you can get out of it? And in that way, I think that you can ensure a successful career going forward and build on that. So hopefully, yeah, I could be in these big rooms here in Vegas as a you know, hallmark for my career. Yeah. But for others, you know, what I'm saying they can realize I got something to give to them, and they can give back for me as well. So we can all help grow together, and we can change the culture. I want to be that guy that says I want to change the culture. Damn. So right. I'll leave it at that. Should have been a pastor. All right. That's why they call me a The margarita Messiah, baby. <laughs> Shout out to the Black Amigo. Thank you for coming. Thank you, me. man. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.